0: 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit
1: it.
2: I've been walking for about 57 days and eight hours. I'm walking from Brooklyn, New York to Del Rio, Texas we're all then cross the Rio Grande into Mexico
0: and then re-enter the United States as an illegal immigrant. That way I can get back on unemployment, get free housing, and so the government doesn't punish me for not being vaccinated. I've got about another 326 miles and then I can get back to life as normal. Better start working on my accent. Wish me luck,
3: amigo. Just a quick update just checking in on the latest from the biden administration let's go brandon um, about people and their ability to travel into the united states of america and biden has said that you are allowed to come into the united states if you are uh, yes double vaccinated however if you are from a country where there is a less than 10% availability for the vaccine, mm, you can come in without any kind of vaccine. So I guess that would be what President Trump, the former greatest president of all time, would have called shithole countries. So if you come from one of those, yes, the Biden administration says you can come in without a vaccine at all. At the same time as the Biden administration is firing, critical workers, ambulance staff, police officers for not having the vaccine in the States. If you come from, yes, a shit hole country, you can come in without a vaccine. And also, oh yeah, let me just check, oh yes. At the same time as the Biden administration is about to start injecting five through 11 year olds, despite the fact that they have a 99.7% recovery rate from something they clearly don't need an injection for, If you are under the age of 18, you are allowed to enter the United States without a vaccine. So that's the latest. Yeah, no one's questioning it. Obviously, it's it's obviously brilliant political policy. But as I look, it appears that the computer says no. You
4: could do something about it. What? We're freighters. Ralph, here's a shopkeeper. You're men, ain't you? I didn't raise my boys just to see him killed. Well, you may
0: not know this, but there's uh, things that gnaw at a man worse than dying.
5: People, people.
2: All right, good day to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode number 136. This should show up on November 6th, Saturday, 2021. So we're glad you're here, however you arrived. I just want to let you know we have a website uh, that has all the episodes on it at nohostagesradio.com, including articles. And uh you can reach me a couple of ways uh through no hostages Lou at no dot com. Lou at no com. You can send me a message. I, I get some throughout the week and uh people helping me with information they think I should uh include or, or know about as well as what's going on locally. You can also call me up or Text me at five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. And did you notice if 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 you want to dial, I don't know whether it's on a cell phone, but on a landline, even if you dial locally now, you have to include the area code. I just learned the last couple of days. Um, I don't know how it is where you are, or in the, in your phone hookup or regimen. Let's see. Uh, Also, we uh, are doing a live show. As this comes up on Saturday morning, you'll also have a live show available to you on a radio station called KMYC, and that's at 1410 a.m. Most people, from the last time I was on radio, have switched to listening to radio on their devices. So uh, because the station is getting rebuilt uh, after an arson— burning burning uh, the station down. Uh, the live stream is being used through another eight, another organization called Live365.com. So if you go over and want to listen to me live on Saturday morning on KMYC, it starts at 10 a.m. and ends at 1, left coast time. But you go to Live365 if you want to listen on your on one of your uh, devices. Live365.com. And you just click on radio and it'll come up a box like what radio do you want to listen to? And you put KMYC and it should play whatever, uh, whatever's on at that time. Otherwise, if you just want to listen to the podcast, you got that dialed in because here you are. Let's see. Uh, I think I, 530 is the phone. five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty eight five three zero 713 1838 530 You can text me. Again, I'm on the left coast. But uh, I try to answer the phone whenever it rings, uh, and you certainly can text me anytime. I do respond to everyone, and uh, so if you want to uh, connect, you can. I uh, People that are listening to a group of people, I don't know how big a group that are listening to the show, are are choosing to communicate and share information and want to have a little bit of dialogue uh, other than just when we do the show which is impossible to to have real time dialogue uh, okay let's see i think i covered all the the major details i noticed that uh i was on social media i i, I look at facebook i don't really do a lot of posting i do have a a facebook site called uh Uh, My name, Lou Benninger, L-O-U, and then Benninger, B-I-N-N-I-N-G-E-R. But also at Live with Lou, a friend of mine put a Facebook site together for me where I can post my news news articles. Some of those news articles appear in the Territorial Dispatch. You can look at that at territorialdispatch.com. Or you can uh, get their. They have a paper they actually put out in the Yuba-Sutter counties. So some of my articles, occasionally they'll they'll run an article. It used to be back in the day in a previous owner they ran two articles a week. It's a weekly paper. Now they run occasional articles, but you can get all the articles I write on the uh, uh, NoHostagesRadio.com website or you now can get them at live with lou facebook site so you can go over there and check it out we we also put some other other uh, items of interest on that site uh i was noticing on facebook the other day that we have a a celebrity who has been here uh maybe longer than i have uh cotton rosser he started i believe and uh still is involved with flying u rodeo south of marysville and uh, it's famous nationally famous and uh, he's been a, a community patron for years and so the there's been a move on to uh put up a a monument or a statue of a horse with him on it in marysville and uh which i think is a great idea uh, i like statues in fact uh A friend of mine uh, and I have been trying to get the statue of John Sutter, which was removed, uh, to to do virtue signaling by the Sutter North Medical operation. They had a beautiful statue of John Sutter in downtown Sacramento. They removed it, and so... I asked my friend if she had contacts there, if she could contact them and see if we could move that statue to Sutter County, which is one of our two counties we are in here. I'm in Yuba County tonight broadcasting, and so they couldn't give us a decision right then about giving us a statue where the county, one of the 58 counties of California, was named after John Sutter. And so, wouldn't it be cool to have John Sutter statue in in Yuba City or Sutter County somewhere? But uh, anyway, there's the uh, there the Yuba City Arts they call it Uba City Yuba Sutter Arts or we used to call it the Yuba Sutter Arts Council uh, has been kind of coordinating, or maybe they're the ramrods of putting this statue together. And so, there was a photo in the uh, Facebook of a little gathering, maybe at an art gallery over at the Yuba Sutter Arts. And uh, there was a couple of cowboys there, real cowboys, not like these drugstore cowboys, but looked like Cotton Ross are there maybe. And they were had, they were dressed nicely, boots and cowboy hats. And, but they're real cowboys. They weren't just like wearing a cowboy hat for uh pioneer days or something. And then there were a couple of ladies uh, there nicely dressed women and looked like they were having a drink or something, refreshments, and uh, it was a gathering, I guess, to launch this this uh, statue fundraising, which is no small feat. I think the the platinum donation is a hundred thousand dollars, and gold donation is fifty thousand, and it goes down to twenty five thousand and ten thousand. I thought, whoa, how much is that statue going to be worth? It's a bronze statue going to be built. So anyway, I think it's a great idea, but I I got a kick out of it because. The 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 four or five people in the photo were all wearing masks, including the cowboys. I never imagined a cowboy would actually wear a mask. And they just don't seem that type, you know. And uh, it's kind of like a, a, a martial arts fighter or something wearing a mask and beating a person's face in. So I made a comment, which I normally never do. I never get in debates on Facebook. Uh, or write much on Facebook unless I'm answering a question on uh, Live with Lou uh, Facebook page. So I just made a comment, uh kind of rhetorical question. Uh, will the statue have cotton with a mask on? And, uh, and then I also posted, uh, has anybody given thought to if the uh, animal rights people, or PETA they're called, uh, what if they pull the stat? Want to take the statue down because instead of the horse riding cotton, cotton's actually riding a horse, which in PETA's uh, language is wrong. The animals should be riding on top of the humans. So it was just a, a fun thing. Uh, I'm all for cotton and all for the the flying U rodeo. I think it's a beautiful thing to have that in Yuba County. But the uh, the leader of the Yuba Yuba Sutter Arts has a bean up his nose, I guess, about me and and had to respond saying I was negative. So um, I thought, oh, a little sensitive over there, those liberal folks, a little can't take it, can't take a little humor. I don't know. Have you noticed that humor is just kind of gone in our society since covid started? I just noticed today uh, there was a post of a woman being ejected from. And It looked like an international airline flying into England, but it was looked like maybe an Amer- coming out of America because she was sounded like an American. And she refused to take her seat, uh, which was the only seat she had. She bought a certain seat on the plane, international flight, and she refused to sit because she must have asked the guy uh, whether he was uh, vaxxed, and he said, no, I'm not vaxxed. And people in the, on the plane were masked up, but uh, she what didn't have a mask on. Interesting enough, but she was throwing a fit, demanding another seat on the plane. That she wasn't going to risk her life. She had three kids. Uh, she was very careful. She had been fully vaxxed, and she wasn't going to breathe his air, as if she was going to breathe his carbon dioxide all the way to England. And so she was being very insistent, threatening, I'm going to have you arrested, uh, going after this uh, uh, flight attendant, a female flight attendant, who was being very kind. And this was all being uh, recorded by a a nearby passenger. So after about three or four minutes of this, the captain of the plane walked up very calmly and said, I know uh, flying nowadays is very challenging. And she started demanding of him and he says, so I'm going to ask you uh, to exit the plane. And the interesting thing is in the middle of all this, uh, someone said to her, the woman who was complaining and wanted a different seat next to a vaccinated person or people. They asked why she didn't have a mask on and she said, I don't wear a mask because I have asthma And everybody started to laugh at her. Now, the absurdity of this virtue signaling or the confusion or the baloney about masks and vaccines and who's getting sick and who's giving what to whom uh, ended up they the captain removed her from the plane and she went speedily off the plane and lost her flight uh, to England so it reminded me today of David Reed who got all his undies in a bundle over there as liberals can't seem to take a joke or even uh, a tongue-in-cheek comment all in fun uh, because although, you know, uh, comedy is taking very serious things and then and, uh, and casting a twist on it to catch people's humor. But they, they're humorless over that Yuba Sutter Arts or maybe – I I uh, stepped on their toes. So one of the things that was interesting to me uh after that happened, then someone posted on social media the rules to attend an event at Ubasutter Arts. And it said that you have to be vaccinated uh at least with one shot <laughs> or have two shots and after each shot you have to have a 2 week period that you're not allowed into into the uh the event, and then if you're not vaccinated, you have to uh, have a a uh, current test, COVID test, within seventy two hours, proof of test and identification, and whether you're vaccinated or proof of test or not, you have to wear a mask, hundred percent mask mandate, which is obviously totally ludicrous, nuts. That's just plain nuts, though. So. Uh it's more of that, follow the rules, they don't have to make any sense, right? Follow the rules. And I got to thinking about it, and I thought, you know, if private business wanted to do that, and they wanted to, they wanted your business, or they didn't want your business, depending on their rules, then that's fine, because you could go to If you didn't like brand X, then you could go to brand Y or Z Z or ABC and go to one where the rules were different, right? On how you go in or get out or what are the check-in, check-out, whether you have to wear a beanie or we have Blonde Mondays, Black Hair Tuesdays. So, but when you're a, a, a nonprofit, things get a little different. Now, if you're an independent nonprofit and you don't take any government money, you know, Hillsdale College, for instance, has been, I think around for 150 years or something like that, or since the 1850s or something like that in Michigan, it's one of the top colleges in the United States and they do not take any government money. So they can kind of just uh, make up their own rules. Right. Uh, So, uh, but I found it interesting that if you look at how the Ubisoft arts is supported, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I like art. I like music. Uh, Art is cool. Uh, I, I enjoy art. I don't buy art, but I really like music, and uh, there's all kinds of uh, drama. I go to plays. I love that. So I'm into it, but when you have an art gallery or an art center or a community, uh, you know, some some big cities have the opera. They have the opera, the the orchestras and all that, and then they raise money to fund it. And when they run out of money uh, to fund it, that means people are choosing to go somewhere else with their, uh, their voting. Every time you spend a dollar, you're voting. You're voting for this and against something else. So, uh, so if you're an independent gallery or you're an independent art center and you're just going and asking people for their donations and you want to make various rules, okay, fine. Because if somebody doesn't... They don't. They're not forced to give to you, right? The government. You're forced to give the government. So if you're just voluntarily giving, then you could voluntarily not give, right? But in this case, the arts council that we have are the Yuba-Sutter Arts, as they go by now. They go to the city of Marysville, the city of Yuba City, the county of Yuba, and the county of Sutter, and maybe even more government entities, and they get donations from them. So essentially what that is, is they go ask for some of your and my money. And then when we go to experience the art experience with the Yuba Sutter Arts, maybe if we're not vaccinated, we don't want to be tested and we don't agree with that and we don't want to be masked, then we can't participate. That isn't fair. If they're going to take government money, which is your money and it's my money, the government doesn't have any of its own money. It only takes money away from us, and then they give it to somebody else, and they consider that charity. Charity is only when you take your own money and you give it to someone else. But where a nonprofit takes government funds and then discriminates, like they're not allowed to discriminate against black people or gay people or straight people or people that uh, have one leg or blind people, they can't discriminate against those people. Uh, And take government money and they can't discriminate against people taking government money uh, the way they're doing with the, the vaccine people and you got to show vaccination cards and you got to have an ID. You know, it's interesting. We don't even have to have an ID to go vote, but we have to have an ID to go in and look at some pictures on the wall or some paintings on the wall or listen to a concert so if you if you have feelings about that, I don't think that government should be giving any money to nonprofits of this type. I'm not against nonprofits. I've run nonprofits, and I don't believe I've ever taken any government money. But if they do, I believe there shouldn't be any discrimination on any of the citizens who actually contributed to the government or they didn't contribute it to it that was taken from them. So their money makes up the government's coffers and then these people dip into the government's coffers and then tell the very taxpayers that had to give that money there, they can't come unless you jump through all these hoops, right? Or you can't come unless you have a college education or you can't come unless you're this or that, all these rules. I don't think that's right. I think if you you have a feeling about it, uh, we need to stand up for our rights. That's a violation of our rights to enjoy our life in this country Uh, and the government giving money to entities who then forbid us to, to enjoy the benefits of going to that uh, is not, is not right. It's not righteous. It's not ethical and it should stop. So um, we're going to, if you're new to this, we're going to do six uh, segments today, about 20 minutes each, and then we'll take a break between each segment Uh, I take a break just to adjust what I'm doing here. But on your end, what you're going to experience is some educational clips during each break uh, that are actually smarter than I am. That's why I included them. But they're entertaining and uh, also educational. So uh, we'll be right back with five more segments. And um, I hope you enjoy it so far. But we'll be we'll be back in a second and also we'll have some a few advertisements we got an advertisement coming up for uh for a play in fact that doesn't get any government money by the creative light theater that's coming up in december and uh it's free it's at the embassy private educate uh, sorry at the embassy uh campus church of glad tidings embassy of heaven campus and uh You'll hear an ad for that pretty soon called The Twelve, and it's going to be December 3 through the 7th. We'll be right back. Hang with us.
0: Let's well, know when that your door is always open and your path is free to walk.
6: Vanessa?
3: Vanessa Gelman, I'm a reporter with Project Veritas. Vanessa Gelman, who works in Washington, D.C., is Senior Director of Worldwide Research. From Vanessa Gelman.
0: From the perspective of corporate affairs, we want to avoid having the information on the fetal cell lines floating out there. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit that we could see, particularly with general members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want it out there.
6: This, why did you send emails? telling uh, Pfizer employees not to report that you guys were using fetal cell lining, miss. What else are you hiding from the public? Stay. Miss, what else are you hiding from the public? The public needs to know. Well, uh, there you have it. We wanted to ask her a few questions. She broke out into a sprint. We really think that the public needs to know what about the fetal cell lining emails. And uh, we tried to get a comment, she ran. Sometimes they don't wanna answer for the fraud that they're committing or the corruption that's going on. We try our best, and uh, the really only question now is who's next.
7: Okay, so I'm, uh, I am a natural doctor, and I have 1,600 patients. Many are vaccinated, just to give you a little bit of backstory about my credibility. What I've seen so far and what I've learned is all information from physicians, medical physicians, um, natural physicians, and also um, immunization of virology doctors, things like that. Um, and then also nurses. So what I'm about to share with you is the first vaccine, the second vaccine, and then the boosters and what it does to your body. The first vaccine, as it goes into your body, it has a small amount of saline and then a bunch of uh, ingredients that are very uh, catastrophic to your cellular system. What that does to your immune system, which is your bone marrow, your thymus gland, your spleen, and all other systems associated with your immune system, it decreases the ability to produce white blood cells by 50% from your first vaccine. Then eight weeks later, which is white blood cell reproductive system. So your ability to make another generation of white blood cells is eight weeks. That's why they set it up eight weeks later to hit it again. So you hit the white blood cell ability while it's down. So now what you do is now they are they, they, they decrease the saline in the second one and they increase the uh, harmful ingredients so now you have a shift in the ingredients so they decrease the saline and increase so now there's a shift and then what they do is that second dose attacks your ability to make white blood cells by an additional 25 percent so now you only have an uh, white blood cell ability like the ability to make white blood cells functioning at 25 percent. So you just wiped out 75% of your military and the ability to to make that military. Then what they do is the set in the booster. The booster has 81 strands of foreign bacteria that your cells have never come across. You don't have the antibodies to fight it, but you only have 25% of your white blood cell production to be able to fight it. So it's a losing battle. So then what starts to happen is you start to get chronic inflammation that goes to the areas that you had... Uh, you had predisposition so if you were someone that has gut health issues that's your area that it's going to focus on and you're going to have inflammation in the gut health if it's respiratory if you have a tumor or cancer or if you have say endometriosis or you have a skin condition whatever that is it's going to inflame that area because now the body has hit the sympathetic nervous system which is the fight or flight and the body has, is in a chronic uh, inflammatory state with a low immunity and then low immune response. Then you get your second booster. What the second booster has is it has eight strands of HIV and now what that does is it completely shuts off your ability to make white blood cells and if you Google what that disease is, it is HIV. So now we have people that are walking around with no immune system, no ability to make an immune system, 81 strands of foreign bacteria, and then also eight strands of foreign HIV, along with all the other harmful ingredients, and then they remove all the saline from the first and second booster. Now, to make matters worse, during this process, 20 to 30% of the population is gonna die every single series of this process. There's four series. They have three more boosters that are coming out and the reason why is because once they make you so that your immune system can't make white blood cells anymore you become dependent on the boosters to survive just like someone becomes dependent on insulin big pharma is looking for people that either die off to protect our uh, population control and then those that don't die off we will have reoccurring customers for life with the boosters so that they will be able to maintain income and collect the money back from all the funding that they put in to make these vaccines in the first place so hope you um hope that was helpful i hope that you listen to this properly and i hope that you take the time to do your own critical thinking and just give it two to three years Every single animal that was part that participated in this study for any of these vaccines had a hundred percent death rate. And I encourage you all to just take a moment, look around you, and um, and just wait it out. And let's just see what uh, let let nature take its course, and let's just see what happens. Thank you. See a
2: all right welcome back uh this is our second segment of the day and uh i would just mention creative light theater you'll hear an ad here pretty soon uh, from leslie Greenitz speaking she's the creator of the uh events at creative light theater and she has been from the beginning her husband and she are the uh masterminds of that he builds the sets and she and he build the set she comes up with the rest but he's the uh he's her uh he watches her back, so December three through seven seven p m nightly at the embassy theater- theater this is a family event there'll be a break where there's refreshments and uh it's a family event you would enjoy it very much called the twelve and uh there'll be original music and written. I also want to mention to you coming right up uh, This week is November 8th through 11th. There's a national vaccine mandate boycott. There's been sporadic boycotts around the country. That means people staying home from work or maybe uh, are telling businesses they are not going to participate in their business if they mandate a boycott. Uh, There's railroads. There's a lot of businesses that are mandating them because Joe Biden uh, they, are, they are saying that uh, they're saying illegally, though, like I say, unless you're willing to uh, go after people, uh, you don't have any rights if you, unless you stand up for your rights. I'll give you an example. I know a number of females, uh, a number of my female friends over the years, uh, as I've gotten to know them, they have uh, expressed that they had been sexually assaulted uh, sometime in, in their uh, early life. And, uh, but really just, uh, didn't do anything about it for various reasons. I don't have time to get into all the details, but, uh, my only point being something terrible was done. Uh, they never, they never, uh, turned the person in, they never went to the authorities. And so it was illegal what was done to them. One of the most egregious crimes we have on the books is rape, a sexual assault of any kind yet, uh, no one was held accountable for that. So even though they had a right to uh, to have that person pursued and prosecuted, they didn't. They did not act on that for various reasons. My only point here is that even though many things, these what what the school district is calling orders from Sacramento, rules, orders, mandates, those are not laws. And but and unless you're willing to fight them, you you will never prevail. Because unless there's enough of a walkout, like a friend of mine is walking out, he's one of a handful of firefighters that are walking out from San Francisco Fire Department, maybe of fourteen, twelve hundred, fourteen hundred 1,400 firefighters, maybe there's 40 that are, are not going to be vaccinated. And um, so unless people are willing to stand up like Southwest Airlines did, and there's a number of industries that are standing up. Unless people are willing to stand up, uh, you, you, uh, and unless you're willing to fight them in court of violating your employee rights, uh, you will not have your rights. You don't have any rights. Unless you're willing to stand up for your rights, your, any of the rights the, of the Bill of Rights, you were awarded and said, this country stands for that. People are constantly trying to take your rights away. In fact, when people steal from you, they're stealing your freedom, Right. And when the government takes from you, takes your taxes, takes your takes more and more taxes, they're stealing your freedom. And so there's a vaccine mandate boycott. So that means people that are being gone after can boycott and other people can boycott that business uh, or even the school. You can pull your kids out uh, for four days this coming week, November 8, 9, 10, 11, 8, 9, 10, 11. And then on the 15th. There's another stay home from school day, uh, it, and they're suggesting don't call in. Just sit it out. Just enjoy your day with your children. Take Maybe if you're a worker, maybe you can take a day off and uh, take a vacation day or whatever. Don't be dishonest. Don't call in sick when you're not sick. It happens all the time. And during that day, November 15th, at 10 o'clock on the west side of the Capitol building in Sacramento, there's going to be a rally that day at 10, 10 a.m., but if you can't go to the rally, maybe you're going to take a, a day off and, and go uh, do something educational and fun, go to the ocean, go go visit some of the uh, mining things or historical things of California. There's lots to do here or throughout the United States somewhere. Uh, so November 15th and then November 8th through 11th. One is on the vaccine and, and one is stay home from school for a, a plethora As one person once said, plethora of reasons. So I I, uh, was watching uh, the results on YouTube of the election results from Virginia, where I covered uh, last week. I talked about what has happened in Loudoun County and other counties or uh, district school district. And I covered a couple, few of the books, filthy books uh they're so pornographic that uh <laughs> the very school board that has them in their library wouldn't allow the was trying to stop the woman from sharing anything about it in the in the school board meeting because there were children involved, and the kids at f- the fourth grade on up were getting those books and uh so uh different people have reached out to me saying that uh wow I, they couldn't believe what they were, were reading, et cetera, et cetera. But there w- was so much uh, of a stir in various uh, situations in Virginia that uh, there there has been a number of turnovers in the uh, different uh, races where Republicans or conservatives won, uh, where normally that's been leaning towards a Democrat state. But one of the people that caught my attention was a lady named Winsome, or Winsome Sears, S-E-A-R-S, but winsome, like like she's very winsome, right? And uh, her husband' name is Terrence Sears, and it said she had three children, a mother of three children, but there were only two uh, grown females, uh, adult females there with her. And I wonder, oh, I wonder what happened to the third child, but I did a little re- research. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you see people, you really don't know much about them, and you don't know what they've been through in their life. Many people don't know that Abraham Lincoln and his wife had, uh, a number of children die, uh, when they were in the White House and, and, um, real tragedies. And, you know, John Kennedy, different Kennedys, uh, have had a lot of tragedy, you know, a variety of people, just people. It doesn't have to be in politics, but Winsome Sears, uh, was, I didn't know she, she won the Lieutenant governor race and, but she had also been, um, an assembly woman, uh, they don't, they call it something different back there, but she was in their assembly for a two year stint. And I thought, Oh, she was only in there two year and then lost, lost the race, the next race. But she actually uh, withdrew because she had a third child, a female, she had all uh, daughters. And the third uh, female uh, had some uh, mental uh, issues, bipolar. And she left the assembly to, to care for her daughter and her granddaughters. And uh, uh, and that was in 2004. But in 2011, her uh, daughter uh, got in a car accident with the granddaughters and all three perished. And I it just it just uh, put a different uh, spin or a different filter on how I see Winsome Sears, Winsome Sears legally immigrated to the United States from Kingston, Jamaica, with her parents when she was six years old and she said uh, even though she wasn't really an American American she joined the Marines because she said I wanted to show the Americans that I was all in I wanted some skin in the game so I was all in and she joined the U.S. Marines and I don't know whether that's where she met her husband Terrence he's also a Marine but they served in the Marines. And then she got a master's degree. She's done a number of things. She ran a woman's homeless shelter. She's raised her three children. And now she's the first woman, the first black woman, and the first Jamaican uh, to be lieutenant governor. And uh, it, was so, it was so great to watch her family uh, rejoicing and being excited about their their victory together. And then today, as I read about the loss of her two grandchildren and her other daughter it was a heart you know just a heartbreak for me as i've been involved in helping law enforcement and fire over the years and been out on trauma calls and i can't even imagine but uh, god bless her family and all that they've been through that was just uh, nine years ago ten years ago that they uh, lost three members of their family in a car accident so the other thing i i read today that i wanted to read to you uh, is uh, i've been impressed- 've been watching i don 't know whether you have the youtube uh, clips from different senators interviewing the biden uh nominees for various uh, government positions from judges to heads of departments and uh i've been really impressed by uh, uh Senator Hawley from missouri and uh, I'll wish i 've learned to really enjoy uh, John Kennedy from Louisiana, Senator, and also Ted Cruz. And uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't vote for Ted Cruz when he ran for president. I preferred Donald Trump, but uh, I just felt he was too political. I'm really done with the political come across. But I really appreciate Ted Cruz's uh, brilliance, legal brilliance. And uh, I went to read this uh which i think uh, many of these stories you don't hear about these folks that uh are serving us at some of the highest places in our country says if you are from houston you may remember in 1993 in 1993 when two young girls jennifer Ertman and elizabeth pena ages 14 and 16 were walking home one evening and were abducted brutally raped and murdered by members of a gang The men were caught and tried, found guilty, and all except two who were uh, juveniles were sentenced to death. One of the men had lived here illegally most of his life. A few years later, the United Nations World Court, I want you to think of this now, the United Nations World Court, with 60 countries siding with them, said Texas violated that man's rights by not informing him of his right to contact his consulate. President George Bush and Secretary Condi Rice ordered Texas to release him that this ought to get. I always like Condi Rice, but this ought to get your attention right here. Condi Rice and George Bush ordered Texas to release him, the, the guy that murdered this girl, these girls, to keep peace with the U.N. Like You think Donald Trump cared about keeping t- peace with the U.N.? The parents of those girls were so shocked and devastated that this man would go free. Greg Abbott, who's now governor of Texas, was the state attorney general at the time. One of his junior attorneys, solicitor general, they call him, went to argue before the Supreme Court not to allow this murderer to go free. The Texas attorney argued that the Constitution clearly states that the United States is a sovereign nation and no other nation has jurisdiction over our laws. Now, the global reset community, the globalists, uh, they don't want the United States to make it be sovereign any longer. They want the United Nations to run the United States as well as other countries. You see? And uh, all 60 countries were there arguing against this one attorney from Texas. He won the case and Texas executed the offender in 2005. That junior attorney, solicitor general was Ted Cruz. So I think uh something to think about. I want you, I want to make a couple comments about the dock blockage, the docks, the ports are blocked, particularly in California, but not just California. And everybody's wondering why, 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 why. And there's some things that are pretty clear, and some things that are not being said. And uh, China is behind a lot of it, but it's, they're not being accused because the media is owned by China now. If you didn't know that, so let me just give you, if you're Californian listening to this show, one of the things that are is slowing the docs. Down the ports, the longshoremen, the offloading, the onloading because stuff gets offloaded and then the ship gets loaded to go back out. One of the things, one of the major things is California laws, the various laws, and I don't have time to go into them individually, are slowing down all kinds of businesses in California. One, the other thing is to go to the port, you must be a union driver You cannot be an independent driver. You must be a fleet. In other words, no independence, no private owned trucks, no driver under 21 years of age. Now, it's interesting that you can join the military and you can drive all kinds of stuff, trucks and everything in the military, and you could kill people in the military. You could carry all kinds of toxic materials and weapons. But you have to, when you come home, you can't drive a big rig until you're 21. No driver in 21. And the truck must be 2012 vintage or newer. So that removed a lot of trucks. And also the gig law, I think they called it SB5, Senate Bill 5, re- said that you, it was very difficult to work for yourself anymore. That you had to work for a company. So Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, that's something that's been changed now, but that gig law eliminated a lot of independent, what we call an independent operator or independent contractor. And so many of these fleet uh, trucking operations who get so busy that in the old days, they would call out to independents and they would subcontract when they got overwhelmed with trucks loads and they needed more and more chassis to move these loads. They would call independence and bring them in. Now they're not doing that. So there's many. The other thing that that's causing this is China is loading up boat after boat after boat and sending it. But then they're demanding that instead of the ship wait for a full uh, 500 containers or a thousand containers or whatever they put on a boat to get those full of other goods and come back to the east from the west they're saying just empty the containers and put empty containers on the ships and send them back empty and we will pay you for full freight. Now, that is causing a blockage of freight getting out of this country. And the reason I know that is not from the media. I know that because I ship containers every single month to Cambodia, 40 foot containers of relief goods for orphans and I've been doing it since 2001 so I so the people I work with are actually the people in the freight industry themselves and and we have to go through homeland security and all the paperwork and all the shipping and all the coordination between the trucks picking up the load they don't just they don't stash things at the port there's no room to do that as you can see now they they're all sitting out at sea cuz there's no room on the on land to put those all those uh, containers. And so we coordinate the shipping from the donor or the provider. When they fill that container, it goes straight to the port and it is lifted onto the ship. It's sitting there waiting and it's all coordinated. And if it isn't done, uh, in a timely fashion, then they, they, what they call, they roll over your, your, to a new ship and they, uh, they can't. They can't keep it on the same ship if you can't get the container there in time. So now everything is screwed up, and and you can blame. I'm telling you, think. Oh, well, you just blame Newsom for everything. I'm telling you, the decisions made in Sacramento make a difference to your life. And if stuff starts going scarce on the shelves, or I know there's stuff that you can't, we can't get uh, in construction and different things. Uh, don't don't blame. The everyday Joe that's out there working, you blame the politicians. They're the ones that did it. There's no one else that are making these laws. When these laws go down, it changes everything. So California laws dealing with unions, the fact that a union, in fact, it it isn't even a free place to work. It's all unionized. And And the fact is unions are getting smaller and smaller. And uh, the the number of I think last week I said the the number of truckers was like we had 70,000 truckers in California. But more and more, they're forcing the independent operators out of business. And many times I know truckers themselves that had uh, drove trucks uh, in the the lumber business and logging that were old trucks that they keep. They kept rebuilding and that when the state took the state said we you are not allowed to drive those trucks on our road it'd be like if they said any car older than uh 2012 uh, like if they said that i would have to eliminate my car off the road i drive an older car and if they said any car 2012 or older or older in 2012 uh hun- hundreds of thousands of cars would be removed from the road think about it in california but that happened in in california with the trucks and not everybody could make that change. The guy I talked to, uh he went out of the trucking business. He, he had been in it all his life. That's all he ever did. His dad was a trucker, he was and they they moved logs. So, uh all right, we're coming to the end of our uh our second break here. And um, let me just see if I can give a shout out here. A little tight for time, so I'll just uh I'll catch up when we come back and, and mention a few things about schooling that you might be interested in. You might uh, There's some independent schools that are still open, that still have spots if you want to remove your kids from school, like New Life School, uh, Bible Baptist School out on North Beale Road, New Life School in Linda, and Epic School, the EPEC School, that just started at uh, Church of Glad Tiny's campus. I'll give you some details when we come back.
5: Neighbor. what's going on well there's just been you know some rumors flying around in the neighborhood <laughs> and I, I saw a lot of activity going on over here I just wanted to check in and see what you guys are up to yeah we uh, we have decided we decided to move so what you're moving what yeah yeah we are we're, 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 we're moving we're moving so well what where are you guys uh, we are actually we're we're gonna move to Mexico, so it's a big it's a big move. <laughs> Mexico? Well, wh- why are you moving to Mexico? Yeah, well the plan is to to move there, uh, renounce our citizenship here, um, and then cross back over the border illegally back into the United States. So, well, why 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 would you why would you do that? Well, you know I don't want to take the job. Okay, I, I don't I don't want to take it. And they're not making people that are crossing the border illegally, uh, they're not forcing them to take the job. So, uh, also, the Biden administration is kind of mulling over the idea of getting $450,000 to people that cross the border illegally and have their children separated from them. So, uh, you know, it's it sounds like a good opportunity. It, it works for us in, in multiple ways are you taking the kids with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jake is already halfway there. Uh, you know, we told the kids that there's a lot of money on the line here and Kellen really wants a new PS4. So, uh, you know, they're, they're all in. We're all in on this. We're going for it. Well, geez, I mean, maybe, maybe I should move to Mexico.
8: It is absolutely disgusting. Somebody needs to go call Merrick Garland, tell him to get in here and watch the intimidation that came from this very panel today. Because this is not about defending big oil or defending big anything. It's about defending the ability of people in our country to be free, say what they want, think what they want, spend their money how they choose. And if we're not gonna be any better than the Chinese, how do we ever expect to beat them on the world stage when we're cutting our neck when it comes to energy production, while they are burning more coal, they are burning more oil, they're increasing their emissions, and they're not showing up in Scotland. You know why they're not showing up in Scotland? Because they're interested in building an economy. They're interested in becoming the dominant economic player across the globe. They're interested in becoming the dominant military player across the globe. And while we joke around and mess around intimidating you guys, who frankly heat our homes, you cool our fridges, you keep our cars going, this is insane. First of all, to, to the witnesses, the, the leaders of, of Exxon, Chevron, BP, Shell, I know that the climate activists in Twitter world, which Dave Chappelle says doesn't exist, and he's right because it's just people who have nothing better to do but type on their keyboards, and we do it too here in Congress. But let's be very clear, I, you need an apology because what I witnessed today um, was just rank intimidation by the chair of this committee. Trying to get you to pledge on what you're going to spend your money on is a gross violation of the First Amendment. And just because we're members of Congress and we got microphones and we pass laws does not mean that we also have the uh, the ability to infringe on your ability to, to organize, whether it's API or anybody else, or what you choose to spend your money on. It is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. Somebody needs to go call Merrick Garland, tell him to get in here and watch the intimidation that came from this very panel today. Because this is not about defending big oil or defending big anything. It's about defending the ability of people in our country to be free, say what they want, think what they want, spend their money how they choose. And if we're not gonna be any better than the Chinese, how do we ever expect to beat them on the world stage when we're cutting our neck when it comes to energy production while they are burning more coal, they are burning more oil, they're increasing their emissions and they're not showing up in Scotland. You know why they're not showing up in Scotland? Because they're interested in building an economy. They're interested in becoming the dominant economic player across the globe. They're interested in becoming the dominant military player across the globe. And while we joke around and mess around intimidating you guys who frankly heat our homes, you cool our fridges, you keep our cars going, This is insane. So I'm sorry for you, and I'm sorry for the people in our country who have to witness shenanigans like this and witness circuses like this. That's why they call that one show on HBO, whatever it is, The Circus, because that's exactly what this is. Madam Chair, I'm requesting that a letter be entered into the record. This is a letter written by ranking member Comer and the other ranking members on this committee that actually speaks to the chilling effect that has come from you, Madam Chair, asking you to stop intimidating companies, requesting information that is their First Amendment right to have that information. I ask that that be admitted into the record under unanimous consent. Without objection. Thank you, Madam Chair. I have a question for Mr. Summers. Now that we're done with that. Mr. Summers, it was asked asked earlier um, by a lot of the executives that they believe in electronic vehicles Um, And it's a noble goal to have. But Mr. Summers, where does energy, the energy that, where does electricity production actually come from?
6: Thank you, Congressman. Uh, Before I address that question, I do want to clear one thing up, that a difference of views on electric vehicles is not climate disinformation. We as an organization support all forms of energy. We support the rapid, uh, uh, advancement of electronic vehicles as well. But at the same time, what we don't agree with is that the federal government should be the ones that are funding that build out of infrastructure. The concern is, is that as we have built out service stations across the country, those service stations have been developed not by the federal government, but by private industry. And members on this panel themselves are investing in building out that infrastructure as is appropriate for the private sector. So, real quick. First of all, I think your question is very, very important, which is where does that energy come from? Most of the energy in the United States comes from natural gas. It has replaced coal as the primary source of energy in
8: this country. Let me ask you this question as a follow up. So if we don't have natural gas, and obviously the Democrats are against coal, where would we actually get the electricity to power all of these electric cars? Where would it come from
6: well congressman for most countries and for certainly the united states the energy there would there would be likely a fuel switch back from natural gas to coal uh, and so real quick because,
8: mr Summerson, i don't mean to cut you off because you make a great point but i got 30 seconds it is important for the american people to understand that if you follow the idiocy that's in the bipartisan infrastructure agreement which is gonna make natural gas harder to procure, we're actually not gonna have lower emissions, we're gonna have higher, because you're gonna to have to switch back to coal-fired plants. And just for the record, let's also say, the world will always demand energy. If you're not getting it from us, where we actually do it more safely and more cleanly, you'll get it from Russia, you will get it from China, and they don't care what the climate activists have to say on Twitter. I yield back.
4: Well, I was born in a small town,
0: is a small town died in a small town All oh, the small
4: communities And all my friends' in a small town My parents knew the same small town
2: All right, welcome my back. So I wanted to mention uh some school opportunities. All kinds of changes are happening in our schools where I'm pornography. In uh, uh, being fed to our kids, we're having uh, all kinds of craziness talked about, critical race theory, uh, calling kids that are white uh, oppressors and all kinds of nonsense. Uh, we have sexual perversion uh, being perpetrated on our kids, uh, suggesting to our kids that they're something different than what they were told or they are, what they are like boys and girls, that they're not that, they're something else. Uh, It's just an unlimited amount of nonsense. Uh, We have teachers that are teaching communism in our schools, as we've been seeing through undercover journalism. So many, many people are leaving schools. So I wanted to in Yuba Sutter area, uh, there are some alternative ed type schools. And uh, the three I just mentioned, uh, New Life School on Arboga Road has been around for probably 25 years or more. And, and it's. Uh, I heard that they still have a lot of. Uh, they still have openings. I don't know. If there's a lot of openings, but uh, in the upper grades, meaning high school, and also um, Bible Baptist School. I I'm just calling it that. It's it's located on the Bible Baptist Church campus at North Bill Road. Uh, they a friend of mine just put her two young elementary school boys out there and loves it, and so they're operating. They've been expanding their buildings out there. And then uh, a couple, uh, John and Vicki uh, Tade, T-A-D-E, not Tate, but Tade, uh, John and Vicki Tade, who have been educators in this area for many years, uh, left the public education system for the reasons I just shared with you a second ago, and they've been wanting to start another uh, a school. They have children themselves and needed to educate them, so we've been looking uh, for locations Uh, in the Yuba-Sutter area, but there aren't a ton of locations, empty buildings that that would be fit for uh, classrooms. So they uh, temporarily have housed their school called uh, Embassy Private Educational Center. It's located at the Church of Glad Tidings campus in Sutter County, just north of Yuba City, um, on Eager Road, 1179 Eager, and you can check that out if you want to look at their website. It's on the churchofgladtidings.com website. You just run your—once you get to that site on the home page, just run your cursor over Ministries, and it'll, there'll be a drop-down, and then there'll be a number of different options there. And just click on EPEC, EPIC or maybe it says Embassy Private Educational Center. And then it'll just tell you all about school— and the cost and when it starts when it ends all the details and you can actually fill out an app right there and send it on over i know they have some spots in various grades some grades are full some aren't it's pretty restricted uh seating i mean uh the building is uh not uh you know, it's not like a building that's gonna hold five hundred kids like at, at a normal elementary school. But it's a K through twelve. So uh they're they're handling it all in there. And uh so check it out if you want. And uh you can also dial them up at six seven one. Of course you put five three oh now, five three oh six seven one three one six oh extension 247 john and vicky so uh, they're still taking kids in now okay so also i people have been talking to me There's still sick people getting uh whatever it may be the flu it may be this it may be that but everybody's concerned still about uh even though it is uh the number of people getting ill with COVID has dropped way off i want to give you some websites uh, that I'm referring people to where you can get help. People are having a very hard time finding ivermectin uh, at pharmacies and uh, even at feed stores. But uh, you can check out MyFreeDoctors.com, MyFreeDoctors, just like it sounds. You spell out doctors. And America, AmericasFrontlineDoctors.com, or you can just put the initials AFLDS.com. A f L D S dot com. They can hook you up with a doctor, a consult consult over the phone, and uh or maybe even using Skype or or uh one of the other Zoom or whatever. And then also they will provide you uh prescriptions. So uh, then then another one, Dr. Stella, D R Stella M D She does the same out of Houston, Texas. She has a she's been treating people and keeping people out of the hospital. You know, in California, they were enforcing this nonsense that actually killed a lot of people in California, where they told you to go home. If you tested positive for covid, they say go home. If you get really sick, go to the hospital. Well, by the time they got really sick and ended up in the ICU, they put them on rendisivir and event and killed them. And because they got a lot of money for that. That's what they were told to do by the federal government. They got $2,400. They got 30, like thirty six, thirty nine thousand $39,000 to put them in the ICU to give them run They got $2,400. And if they didn't get offer any options, they got a, a bonus, a 20% bonus. So, um, but it's been very hard to find hydroxychloroquine and, and, uh, ivermectin, but, uh, But people that have been giving that like Dr. Stella and a lot of people in Texas and a lot of people in other states where they 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 didn't enforce the federal guidelines on uh, against hydroxychloroquine, which, uh, you know, I took hydroxychloroquine in the 90s and uh, and used it as a prophylactic to malaria. So Dr. Stella M.D., Dr. Stella M.D., com and then uh also the latest one I got is the T H E Doctor D R the D R artist, E R D I S not Artist but artist, A R D I S show the doctor artist show dot com. It's doctor Brian Artis that it's a very thorough website uh connecting you to all kinds of medical uh medicines, supplements, um uh, regimens on how to fight COVID and other illnesses, and he will also help you there. So uh, check that out. Okay, so the other thing I've been promoting is the Republican, the Yuba County Republican Central Committee is coming up. Their meeting is on the 9th of November. That's coming up uh, this week. And so you can go to that. I encourage you to go to it. We're trying to organize through the various c- central committees a a real, not just a bunch of people that sit around and have coffee and sodas and talk about uh, banter, but actually people that go out, register people to vote, go door to door, find new candidates, vet new candidates, and promote candidates that we feel not are just Republicans. I'm not interested in Republicanism. I'm interested in uh, conservative activists. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not promoting any of these other people. And so if you're interested in the James Gallagher's of the world, these guys are political wallflowers, the Jim, Jim Nielsen's of the world, the, uh, uh, Doug LaMalfa of the world, uh, guys that are getting paid the same amount of money actually are getting work done down there at, uh, the Capitol. And at back at the uh, Washington D.C. So, I'm encouraging you to get involved in the central committee, whether or not you can become a board member or a committee member. Or the you know at, in in election time, people actually run for those committee spots, and they they fill five spots per uh, supervisor district. But you can just be involved in, in the operation, and and be a team member and player and worker. And we need lots of workers. That's how they won in Virginia. There were lots and lots and lots of moms that got fed up with the school system and they got involved and said, we're changing who's who's uh, serving on these boards. So that's this Republican Central Committee. We're looking for a group of conservative activists, not necessarily uh, people that just call themselves a Republican. That isn't good enough. Those are, those are what we call Republican in name only. They're rhinos. And our government from the top down, federal government on down to the the local county county government we we're full of those people that talk a good talk but don't don't uh, actually live the live the uh the lifestyle the live the values so this tuesday uh go on out to hallwood community church and that's at two eight two five highway twenty that's just east of Marysville, about five minutes out of town and uh, it starts at uh, the meeting starts at seven social uh social gathering at six thirty and uh, get involved, and you can call them. If you have any questions, you can call them at 530-777-5021. Okay, uh, let's see where I want to go uh, from here. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is a—I I just—I uh, I read a very, very long article that was very interesting— From Nature News, check out Nature News, Mike Adams. I think he has a daily podcast. I don't really get to his podcast much, but he has amazing people on his podcast. But I I get his daily emails. He has great uh, articles. He's a very smart guy. And he had a list of all 17 of the members of the FDA that voted to inject this untested Uh, unproven uh, poisonous vax or injection into children (coughs) five to 11 years of age. And um, so I read, I have a list of all those people and their backgrounds. The one common denominator about all of them is they all receive money from the federal government. Every one of them are getting paid by the federal government through grants or consulting fees or Numbers of other things, or they actually worked for the government at one time. Many of them are university professors, but I wanted to just read you uh, these guys' names, which you probably won't remember. That's not the important thing. I just want to. uh, I'm going to talk about one doctor here in a minute that that I think earned about four or five hundred thousand dollars during COVID from the federal government and was a major. He's a major player on CDC. You talk about a compromise. But anyway, I'm just gonna Scott Gottlieb. I'm just four guys here. Scott Gottlieb uh was with the FDA, Federal uh excuse me, Food and Drug Administration. Scott Gottlieb on uh is former FDA commissioner in charge of regulating Pfizer. Scott Gottlieb. He at one time was Worked for the FDA Food and Drug Administration. His job was regulating Pfizer, the drug company. Then he left that job, and who do you think he went to work for? Yeah. He went, he's now a current board member on board of directors of Pfizer. Next, Stephen Hahn. He worked as a commissioner. FDA commissioner in charge of regulating Moderna. Now he's the current chief medical officer of flagship pioneering of the venture capital firm that funds Moderna. Interesting, huh? Two guys, both FDA big shots, then they switch over to the very people that they were overseeing to work for them. James C. Smith, he's a CEO of Reuters, in charge of informing people, you know, Reuters, the news service, in charge of informing people about the COVID-19 vaccines, right? You'd think, oh, he's impartial. He's a watchdog, right? You remember the reason we, we, the, the, The free press was created to be free press and that and the government couldn't control it was to be a watchdog, not a lapdog. So James Smith was supposed to be a watchdog. uh, He was CEO, the chief executive officer of Reuters News Service. However, he's now a current member of the board of directors of who? Pfizer. And then you have a guy named Anthony Fauci. He is the uh, NIAID director under the National Institute, or they say Institutes of Health. But then he's also a part of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And funds bioweapons research on gain-of-function bat coronaviruses in China. Anthony Fauci, who you have have been following his directives for 16 months, uh, is the highest paid government official, I'm told, in the United States of America. Way higher than the president. Just... That's the problem. Now, when you go down to the 17 people who said that it, it's going to be safe and effective and reliable to inject children, and some peop- some of these people even want to inject your babies. These people are all being paid by the government. Now, how can they be impartial and look at look at that? Do you think if you're paid $400,000? I mean, if somebody takes me and buys me, uh, takes me to a restaurant and buys me lunch. I feel obli- I feel kind to them, right? You feel kind and and generous towards them, right? Thankful. But if you're getting four hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, are you constantly doing getting consultant fees? You think that that's not going to have an impact? Incredible. Let me see if I can find this. Uh. I don't know whether I can. this three cup injuries. Oh, here it's down a ways. Let me see if I can get down here. I think I'm going to make it. Just got to give me a couple seconds here and let me find it. Oh, here it is. Okay. There's a guy named Dr. Wilbur H. Chin. C-H-E-N. Chinese. He is a... Centers for Disease Control committee member who makes decisions on the righteousness of a drug or not, right? And he got four hundred thirty-eight, four hundred thirty-seven thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. Who do you think he got that from? When you're overseeing all the drug companies and that, he had four hundred thirty-seven thousand two hundred fifty dollars from vaccine makers, and he's making a decision on the righteousness or the effectiveness of these drugs. Do you know that local doctors actually get kick, kickbacks from pharmaceutical companies as well? So when you see a local doctor that's head over heels, like these, these vaccines are safe and they're well tested and they're effective. That's exactly what a bunch of them sign their name to and posted it on social media. You think they aren't, un, you think they're biased or unbiased? Wilbur Chen is on the advisory committee on immunization practices for the Centers for Disease Control. And in one year he got $437,250 from vaccine makers. Did I tell you also that he got paid for working for the CDC? Did I fail to mention that? I don't have his salary down, but you could probably look it up. Wilbur H. Chin, Chen, C-H-E-N. He's a professor of medicine at the Center for Vaccine Development and Global Health at the University of Maryland School of Medicine in Baltimore. You think he doesn't get paid over there? You think he's donating time over there? He's also a member of the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, or a or an acronym, you might see it in the newspaper, called ACIP. A-C-I-P. There's a big bunch of those people who voted on these vaccines being sent out and injected into people. Under an emergency authorization, it's a key federal regulatory committee that reviews vaccine safety. How can you review, independently review vaccine safety when you get nearly a half a million dollars from them in one year? The person should be removed uh, from that job. You can look at a search of government on the government website, open payments, reveals Chen accepted $437, $250.70 from Emergent Biosolutions. Emergent Biosolutions and GlaxoSmithKline, that's a pharmaceutical company. This is just in 2020. Emergent Biosolutions, remember how Anthony Fauci said in front of Congress, They're, they're claiming he lied. That they did not do gain-of-function research, and we funded no gain-of-function research. But you know what happened? He gave the money to Emergent Biosolutions, who then turned around and gave the money to the Wuhan Institute. So it's kind of like when Bill Clinton was asked if he had sex with Monica Lewinsky, and he said, well, I don't know what you mean by the word is. Remember that? Define is for me. And so Fauci said, no, I, I didn't give any money to them or we didn't give any money from the National Institute of Health. But they gave it to Emergent BioSolutions, who turned around and gave it to the Wuhan uh, virology people who do gain-of-functional research and created what we have is a spike protein, which is going to kill you if you took it. OK, we'll be right back. We got half a show to do.
1: about common good, Wuhan virus vaccines are supposed to be a global public good. But what happens when a vaccine manufacturer starts bullying? Governments are silenced, supplies are halted, and profits take precedence over saving lives. I'm not describing a hypothetical situation here. I'm describing what Pfizer is doing the American pharma giant, it is doing all of this. It is bullying countries to submit to its demands. We first reported about this back in February this year. While countries like India are sending free vaccines to poorer nations, there are companies like Pfizer, which are bullying governments. Pfizer asked to be compensated for the cost of any future lawsuits. Pfizer wanted Argentina to put, and listen to this, put its bank reserves its military bases and its embassy buildings at stake as collateral. These are Pfizer's demands. Look at this. Number one, Brazil waives the sovereignty of its assets abroad in favor of Pfizer. That the rules of the land be not applied on Pfizer. Number three, that Brazil take into consideration a delay in delivery. Number four, that Pfizer is not penalized for it, for a delay in delivery. And number five, in case of any side effects, Pfizer be exempted from all civil liability. Eight months have passed since we reported this. Pfizer has not changed. It is still putting profits above public health. It is still forcing governments to bend to its will. An advocacy group has thrown up more details of what Pfizer does. It has accessed some confidential contracts of Pfizer. And we have a copy. These contracts are with nine countries and blocks. And the details are shocking. Desperate countries are being forced to make humiliating concessions to Pfizer. We went through the entire report. We found six very important points worth highlighting. Number one, Pfizer has the right to silence governments. It has forced countries to not talk about the deals they strike for shots. Number two, Pfizer controls the donations of its shots, not the country that buys them. Pfizer will decide where the shots go. Number three, Pfizer has secured an intellectual property waiver for itself. And this clause is particularly disturbing. If Pfizer is accused of intellectual property theft, governments will pay, not the company. Number four, if there are disputes, private arbitrators and not public courts will decide on them. Number five, Pfizer can go after state assets to secure its compensation. And number six, Pfizer calls the shots on all key decisions. It decides delivery timelines and more. These are very serious revelations. I'll give you some more details. Number one, Pfizer is silencing governments. How? Through contracts. These airtight contracts are at the center of everything. They can silence governments in ways you can't even imagine. Look at what happened in Brazil. Pfizer agreed to supply its Wuhan virus vaccines to Brazil and it sneaked in this clause in the agreement to force Brazil to not share any specifics about its deal with Pfizer. Let me read it out for you, this is what it says. The Brazilian government is prohibited from making any public announcement concerning the existence, subject matter, or terms of the agreement, or commenting on its relationship with Pfizer without the prior written consent of the company. In other words, Brazil cannot talk about the Pfizer deal until it gets an approval from Pfizer in writing. This basically is a private company muzzling a government. And that's not all. Pfizer also gets to decide who will get the shot. Suppose someone wants to donate Pfizer shots to Brazil. Can they do it? They cannot. The Pfizer agreement restricts Brazil from accepting donations. No one can donate Pfizer vaccines to this country. They cannot use the Pfizer shot until they buy it. What happens if Brazil does not comply with these rules? The consequences will be serious. Let me quote from the report again. If Brazil were to accept donated doses without Pfizer's permission, it would be considered an uncurable material breach of their agreement, allowing Pfizer to immediately terminate the agreement. Upon termination, Brazil would be required to pay the full price for any remaining contracted doses. So Brazil will have to cuff up the entire payment and Pfizer won't even have to supply the full consignment of Wuhan virus shots. What happens if someone accuses Pfizer of stealing its vaccine technology, of intellectual property theft? The government will be forced to defend Pfizer. It's unbelievable. We had to read this twice to let it sink in. And guess what? At least four countries have been forced to protect Pfizer's patent, meaning these governments are defending Pfizer for intellectual property theft, while the company is free to use anyone's intellectual property as it pleases. Colombia is one of these victims. I'll explain with an example. Suppose a domestic vaccine maker or any pharma company in Colombia goes to court and they accuse Pfizer of infringing their vaccine patent. Who will be the one fighting that case? Not Pfizer. Even though they're, they're, they're the accused party, it's not Pfizer and their lawyers who'll be in court. It will be the Colombian government. The government will have to defend Pfizer. And if they lose the case, It will be the Colombian government that will have to pay the settlement, not Pfizer. What if these governments want to get out of these tough contracts? They won't be able to sue Pfizer at home. The matter will go to a secret panel of three private arbitrators in New York. Pfizer will be tried as per New York law and not the laws of the land where it sells vaccines. And these countries will pay heavily if they lose an arbitration. Pfizer can ask a government to shift control of state assets to compensate for losses. What kind of assets are we talking about here? Practically anything that a sovereign government owns, foreign bank accounts, foreign investments, commercial properties, state-owned airlines, even oil companies. Pfizer can take over any or all of these from a government. Basically, everything happens on Pfizer terms. Once a country decides to buy its vaccine, Even the delivery of shots is decided by the company. In Brazil, in Albania, in Colombia, Pfizer gets to decide the delivery timetable for vaccines and the countries will have to agree to whatever they're given, whenever they're given. Pfizer, of course, gets to decide the price. It sets the delivery timelines. It accepts accountability for nothing. And in case someone sues the company, it's the government that foots the bill for the damages, not Pfizer. There is no other way to describe Pfizer's business practices. This is vaccine terrorism. Watch
0: board. we And we're in the name of the Lord. Hey, we're jamming. we from yard.
3: Oh, holy oh, holy Just in
2: and all right, welcome back. Great article says something really strange is happening at hospitals all over America. So it's interesting, the lie, and, and the, from the very beginning, this has been a, uh, a con job on, a, on, the, on the world. So you remember when they, uh, they came up with this PCR test, which is a fraud, and so you could make it say anything. So, and they based their case numbers off the PCR test, which basically everybody that ba- uh, took that PCR test, almost 9 out of 10 would test positive. And so, and even people that had had it and didn't know they had COVID would have the DNA of COVID in their system or the, rep, uh, the uh, fragments in the system. And so they would test positive for it, though they weren't sick and they, they were asymptomatic, they didn't have any symptoms. So it was rigged to show a high, high propensity of a high, high number of cases that the society was incredibly infected by this terrible thing. It was described as terrible, and it really wasn't terrible, except for people who had uh, that were susceptible because of other issues in your life, like obesity and diabetes and heart problems and those things. Right. So they they wanted to get their numbers as high as they could to scare the hell out of people. And so in the hospital, when you go in there, they would just completely, they would test, 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 test. Oh, we need to give you this test. Well, let's try it now. Well, let's try it now. Let's try it now. And if you, you know, uh, so they wanted to just get their COVID numbers up, 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 right. They wanted people to come in and get tested right now because they knew that the, that people running this, like the health department people, and they knew they were going to get their numbers way up. And so then when people died, even though they died of other things other than COVID, if they had any COVID in their system, they blamed it on COVID. Even if they were 95 years of age and, and they've been circling the drain for years. So they were fraudulent about how they boosted their numbers and they boosted the numbers of deaths. Then when they, the vax was available, then they, they made you feel like you were dirty or you were diseased like a leper if you didn't take the vax, and you were actually going to infect the rest of the rest of society. And all everybody had to be vaxxed, not just some. Everybody had to be vaxxed, and uh, that never has been the case because usually, if a certain number get vaxxed, then they you kind of gain herd imi- humi- uh, immunity, and you, everybody else doesn't need to be vaxxed. So, but then remember, they just keep moving the goalposts. You need to have a mask, but then six feet apart, mask, social distance, da-da-da-da-da. I can't go to school, da da But then if you just take the vax, we'll be able to erase all that other stuff. But then, as soon as people started getting vaxed, then they started saying, well, no, we really can't change anything. Like I just told you that at the arts council or the arts center in Marysville, they, they're using everything. You've got to be vaxxed. You even have to be tested. You have to wear a mask in spite of all that. Just total, absolute fear uh, mongering nonsense. Now, the facts are coming out that the real problem isn't COVID, it's the spike protein that was developed uh, to make, uh, to use as a bioterrorism. And that spike protein uh, is causing severe inflammation uh storms in your system they call it a cytokine storm all these unique uh medical terms or pharmaceutical or laboratory terms so while people like dr joseph mingle fong lu are saying that it's the vaccinated people that are making people sick still it's just exactly the opposite. Anytime Dr. Fong Lu says something, you just know that she's saying exactly the opposite of what is true. She said mass will save you. That's that's a lie. Mass will make you sick. Six feet apart will keep you from getting it. It's never stopped anybody from getting anything. Six feet apart. Staying in your house, that's exact doctors who know uh, virology say that's the worst thing you can do for your immune system is isolate yourself. That's crazy. Uh, keeping hit kids home from school, that has caused more deaths than COVID has because kids hung themselves, overdosed, all kinds of things. Shutting down uh, AANA, shutting down treatment centers for drugs caused a huge flare-up in overdoses uh, as people relapsed. Everything she said was going to be helpful has killed people. Everything has killed people. And uh, so now she's saying now vaccinated people are the ones that are healthy. And it's the unvaccinated people that are continuing to get sick. It's a total lie. So this says something really strange is happening in hospitals. So so what's happening is people are coming in with all kinds of ailments and these ailments are are the result of their immune system not working because the m r n a disables your normal immune system and instead supplements an artificial immune system for it that doesn't work right and and it it's introducing a spike protein in there that's causing havoc so um Right now, it says the number of new COVID cases in the United States each day is less than half of what it was just a couple months ago. That is really good news, and many believe that's a sign the pandemic is fading. Let us hope that's true. With less people catching the virus, you would think that that would mean our emergency rooms would just be emptying out. But the opposite is actually happening. All across the country, emergency rooms are absolutely packed. And in many cases, we are seeing seriously ill patients being cared for in the hallways because the ER rooms are completely full. Let me give you an example. What I'm talking about This comes from an article entitled ERs are swamped with seriously ill patients. Although many don't have COVID. Well, what do they have? Well, see what they, the government does not want you to know or believe, or even surmise is that the vaccine itself is causing people to be sick. And I'm seeing people post on Facebook now all the time. I took that darn vaccine. I've been sick ever since, and I'm not going to take any more shots. But it may be the only, It may be a shot that kills them. Uh, as your system is challenged with normal foreign invaders that want to make you sick, that is going to cause your immune system to totally freak out. So he says inside... The emergency department at Sparrow Hospital in Lansing, Michigan. Staff members are struggling to care for patients showing up much sicker than they have ever seen. Tiffany Dusang, the ER's nursing director, uh, in other words, I, I won't go into all the details, but anyway, I want to give you the details of what's going on. All 72 rooms are full. What's going on? If the number of COVID cases spikes again, it would make sense that the place is overflowing. What are people coming in for? Here's what they're coming in for. Abdominal pain, respiratory problems, blood clots, heart conditions. Uh, so it's interesting that, uh, the illnesses are severe. They're just not minor heart conditions. They're serious blood clots, a uh, suicide attempts among other things. So we know that, that the, uh, The reaction to the vaccine has caused heart problems, particularly in young people, which uh, they they call inflammation of the heart, which ultimately will kill them. Uh, And so if you have what they're saying is if you have weak areas in in your in your uh, your system, your bodily system, you have areas that maybe you have a sensitive stomach or you have aches and pains or you have arthritis or whatever, those things are going to flare up. And what they call when your body gets really inflamed, it touches off things. Or if you have the herpes virus, it'll come out as shingles, right? So we find out from a high school senior in Pennsylvania just dropped dead from a sudden cardiac arrest. I've lived here all my life. There's been a couple kids die of sudden cardiac arrest from Marfan syndrome, right? That's different than this. The high school soccer manager greatly uh, enjoyed his Team championship victory Saturday later that evening. He was dead. Uh, Okay, and in a a letter to parents, the school announced the sudden sudden cardiac incident. What's happening when they give young people these is it's affecting their heart and, and also clots in the brain. Elsewhere in the same state, Pennsylvania, a healthy 12-year-old boy just suddenly died because of an issue with his coronary artery after taking the shot. Uh, He was warming up for the school basketball practice. Uh, In Pittsburgh, Jason Kidd, 12, died of natural causes involved in his coronary artery, according to the Allegheny County Medical Examiner's Office. Heart problems kill elderly people all the time. It says, but it's odd that so many young people are dying of these same problems. Over the weekend, Barcelona striker—that's a, a position in uh, football or soccer—Sergio Agüero suddenly collapsed on the on on the pitch during a match. He was later diagnosed with a cardiac arrhythmia. Sergio Agüero. Uh, Anyway, it's a 33-year-old Argentinian. It's interesting. 33-year-old guy, tremendous shape, dies of heart attack, right? Uh, just a, two days later, a, another match, a soccer match in Norway, was brought to a screeching halt after a player experienced cardiac arrest right after the middle of a match, uh, after taking the shot. Midfielder Emil Palzon. Uh Another 28-year-old. A uh, player suffered an attack as the game against is in uh, somewhere in Norway entered the 12th minute. His club said in a statement, uh, "He said I have been seeing many stories like this. Uh, can anyone explain all these young people having heart attacks?" So um, those are just some of the 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 situations that are happening of young people dying that actually were basically immune to the uh to COVID. And there there's and when you have so many people that are making the decisions on whether to give people shots and they work for Pfizer or they're working for Pfizer now or they're they're getting payments from Pfizer, doesn't that make you suspect? Pfizer and these different companies are picking up from the government. The government's paying for the shots twenty five dollars a piece. These people will be the richest corporations in American history. Some of these CEOs are becoming billionaires. So uh, that's, that's uh, some of the, and in Louisiana, like we just heard that in Britain school, in fact, it's been very quiet with Britain school in Sutter County, Britain schools an elementary school and a sixth grade girl came home, told her parents that uh, the teacher wanted her to, a sixth grade teacher wanted her to uh if if she wanted to take the shot he recommended he and if she wanted to go ahead and take it and the parents were against it she could forge their signature right so now we have a uh a louisiana teen boy that got the shot without his p- parent's signature but his parent there was a signature on the form and he did not sign the form that means that a school uh very very i mean another child could have signed it maybe or a school authority signed it and gave him the shot. He he is still alive. But the point is that school board, that people are, uh, they're so anxious to inject everybody, but it's not working. People that are getting the shot are still getting COVID. That is not a vaccine, people. That is not a vaccine. So, uh I want to go back up here and pick up a couple other things. Um, uh, Mention a couple supporters. Uh, I was just looking at uh, Thrifty Rooter, who has recently come on as one of our sponsors. And uh, I was just, if I can get this to pull up right. And I I was looking at their website, how easy it is. And if you go to thriftyrooter.net, uh, all the counties, Yuba, and then surrounding counties, uh, Butte County, Placer County, any surrounding counties around here. Uba, ThriftyRooter.net, they got a cool website. Very easy. So if you, you can just fill out a service request right here. You can call them, but uh, you can fill out, put your name, your email, your phone number, and just check off. these. This is what you want. Plumbing, drain cleaning, hydrojetting, camera inspection, septic pump repair or service septic t- tank inspection you buy in a house and it's got a septic tank you might want to have it inspected right before you buy the house because it's a spendy little deal or other right and then you put out a preferred date and uh your your address and stuff and and they you just send it to them you send it night or 24 hours a day or you can dial them up and so uh they're at five three zero six seven three eight two zero one. I remember using them back in the back in the day. Both the boss, Bill Artemenko, and I both had hair back then, and I think we both had dark hair. Uh, I think he still had more than me, but anyway, uh, now we're old guys, and uh, he he's built that business from scratch, as they say. Uh, got over 40-some years of good work there, and he and his wife, Carla, run it. So uh, check it out. If you need help, you can dial them up, and they will get to you. By the way, I mentioned this earlier, if you're dialing local numbers, you have to put the area code in, even though it's a local number. I just It keeps kicking back on me as I'm dialing now. So uh, check them out, okay? And also, I wanted to mention... Um, these guys, I was I was just out at Church of Glad Tidings doing some volunteer work, planting some shrubs around a skate park I've been rehabbing out there, and uh, Will at uh, Outdoor Services or uh, Outdoor Power. Ser- sorry, I'm getting it all goofed up. I'm trying to do two things at one. All Power Services. Will at uh, Will Fanning at All Power Services. He came out because the fence, there's a big steel fence all the way around this park. It was a little wobbly and it was in concrete, but it was a little wobbly. So he said, Hey, Lou, what we need to do is do this, that, and the other thing. I won't go into all the details but he put brackets on the inside of certain posts and it's just, I was out there and I, I didn't know he'd come out and finished it. He would welded them. We painted it and then he needed to screw them into the concrete, but I didn't know he'd, he'd done the screw screw into the concrete phase, which is a finish, but I was out there yesterday and it was all done. Boom. He just slipped out there and finished off the project and way to go. Willie was a huge help to make it safer, stronger and, uh, and just you know, like everything gets wear and tear. So, uh, if you need any f- fabrication, in fact, he sent me an email. He said they do all kinds of cu- custom fabrication work. they's they work with all kinds of stainless steel, aluminum, weld steel, exotic metals. They do all every you know all the acronyms: MIG, TIG, SMAW, GATA, plasma, oxyfuel, fuel, all the different welding. They do all the vehicle maintenance oil filter brake suspension exhaust repairs, all kinds of motor repairs, power sports, quads to outboard motors, power equipment chainsaws i know they're they got they're factory certified in a lot of chainsaws and uh no use having any broken equipment when these guys are around eight four four five three zero eight four four zero three four seven five three zero eight four four zero three four seven and uh or you can just, uh, you can shoot him an email. And uh, let me just scoot down here. Anyway, I got a, he can actually, I'm just reading off an email he sent me of all the things that he does. It's amazing. All Power 1469. That's his address, 1469 Stewart in Yuba City. All Power 1469, gmail at com. The guy's a genius. That's what I call him. He's a genius. So check him out. And give him some work. Dr. Joe Cassidy is helping us. Uh, Dr. Joe and I have been working. I've got a call this week from a couple in the River Bottoms. They're looking for help getting out of the River Bottoms, uh, getting jobs, getting into a rehab. They're using meth. And uh, so we're working with them. And every week there's new people coming to see Dr. Cassidy at the Peachtree Clinic. And you can make an appointment at (coughs) 530-749-3242. It uh, doesn't matter what you're addicted to any kind of the drugs or alcohol we can help you uh 530-749-3242 just ask for uh appointment with Dr. Cassidy if they say what for just say addiction that's all you you don't need to go any more details uh, and uh he you if you're out in the North Sutter County area out in Live Oak he has he He operates out of there a day or so, and then he'll operate out of Linda in South Yuba County uh, as as well. So just tell him where you want the appointment and and hook it up. If you have any problems with the front office over there, it's a little wobbly over there sometimes. Uh, I'm going to be out there tomorrow. uh, Yeah, tomorrow we're going to I need to run out there and and with a guy off the streets, homeless guy. Uh, But if you have any problem out there, uh, just you can text Dr. Cassidy at five three zero six eight two. 8648 please don't call him just text him and and just say your name and your number and what you need and he'll get you an appointment and i've done it both ways and we get it we get it done if all else fails you get frustrated and your phone's running low on juice just call me and i'll i'll hook you up 530 530- 713 1838. 530 713 1838. We're done with our fourth segment and we'll be right back for our fifth segment, okay? We got five and six to go.
9: Join Creative Light Theater and the 12 disciples as they learn who Jesus is.
6: Imagine being a fisherman, suddenly invited to follow Jesus, a new teacher with a radically new message. He sees you and wants you for his disciple. There are 12 of us that have risen to the top, and Jesus has made it clear that he wants to train us to carry on his work. (laughs) Frankly, we have a long way to go. I mean, when he talks to people, things change. He heals them. I've never seen anything like it. And boy, oh boy, are the religious leaders offended. They cannot stand that Jesus is more popular than they are. And us disciples are just happy to be along for the ride. But we're all asking ourselves, who is he really? Who else sees a bunch of uneducated fishermen and calls them to walk with him and to learn from him?
9: Come see our Christmas production of The Twelve, coming to the Embassy Theater at the Church of Glad Tidings, December 3rd through 7th at 7 p.m. nightly. Admission is free.
0: Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. I Do solemnly, swear. Do solemnly swear to support and defend, to support and defend. And the, Constitution the, the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, against all enemies. Foreign, and domestic. foreign and domestic, and to bear true faith and, bear true faith. and allegiance to the same. The then I will obey. Obey the orders of the, orders of of the, President, of the President of the United States and the orders of, the orders of those officers, those officers appointed, over appointed over me according to regulations, according to regulations and, the uniform, code and the uniform code of military justice. So help me God.
4: We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I. The armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. The timing of this holiday is quite deliberate in terms of historical fact. But somehow it always seems quite fitting to me that this day comes deep in autumn when the colors are muted and the days seem to invite contemplation. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise, but most of them were boys when they died and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. In memory of those who gave the last full measure of devotion, may our efforts to achieve lasting peace gain strength. Let us make a vow to our dead. Let us show them by our actions that we understand what they died for. Strengthened by their courage, heartened by their value, and born by their memory, let us continue to stand for the ideals for which they lived and died.
0: In the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending
2: freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the
0: success of liberty. I've
9: wanted to make this video for a while now, but I didn't want to beat a dead horse and bring up the topic until it was relevant to do so, which I thought would be when Chauvin's appeals case came up. However, something happened here in New York City recently, and the time is now. So let's get into it. Those of you who follow me on Instagram probably saw the story I posted a few weeks back when I was surprised by a massive statue of George Floyd at Union Square Park here in New York City. I was meeting a friend for dinner, and the last thing I expected to see was an homage to a drug addict and a criminal memorialized in bronze and displayed in my city. Come to find out, the statue was unveiled on September 30th as part of the Sea and Justice installation which also included a statue of Congressman John Lewis and another of Breonna Taylor, which makes no sense. And I challenge anyone to produce a cogent reason that proves otherwise. Anyhow, all three statues were created by artist Chris Carnabucci, and what I can only assume was an attempt at relevance and notoriety by using the images of three unrelated persons whose only link is the fact that all three were Black Americans. In my opinion, arbitrary traits such as race, aren't enough to tie three people together when their behavior and their mindsets are radically different. But hey, that's just me. So anyhow, on October 3rd of this year, actor Micah Beals was caught on video throwing gray paint on Floyd's statue and was charged with criminal mischief, which was correct. This was an act of vandalism. However, the crime was reported by NYPD's Hate Crimes Unit. Hate crime? It's a statue. And if we learned anything from the BLM riots in 2020, it's that statues are fair game. The whole George Floyd narrative is based on a lie, and I'll prove it. On August 10th, 2016, a Dallas Trucking Company executive by the name of Tony Timpa called 911. He was a schizophrenic who hadn't taken his medication and was suffering a psychotic episode. By the time the Dallas PD showed up, a security guard had already handcuffed Timpa. Timpa was under great duress, but he was passive. The officers zip-tied Timpa's legs together and restrained him on the ground in a prone position, meaning face down, as an officer pressed his knee on Timpa's back, just as Officer Chauvin had done to George Floyd. But unlike Chauvin, who kept his knee on Floyd's back for nine minutes and 40 seconds, Timpa was held on for 14 minutes. 14. Timpa died within 20 minutes of the officer's arrival. The coroner ruled that he had died of, quote, cocaine and the stress associated with physical restraint. The officer's body cams caught the whole incident from different angles, but the footage wasn't released for three years. The footage disproved the officer's claims that Temple was aggressive. In fact, quite the opposite. Charges were made against the arresting officers. However, they were all dismissed, and not one of the arresting officers was prosecuted. There were no riots. There was no looting. There was no gold casket for Timpa, nor was his family compensated with millions of dollars. In fact, this story got little, if any, media attention. Why? Because the arresting officers used legal restraints on Timpa, because the coroner found drugs in his system, and because the coroner understood and reported that those drugs combined with physical restraint attributed to his death, meaning that Timpa carried some of the responsibility for his own demise. Oh, and yes, because Tony Timpa was white and didn't fit the divisive leftist narrative that Black Americans are the victims of a white American patriarchy. As of May 2021, this case is under appeal. If the appeal against the arresting officers in Timpa's case is lost, then there's no doubt that Chauvin will win his appeal and be exonerated. Why? Because of case law. Timpa's case happened four years before Floyd's. If a judge finds that the officers involved in Timpa's case are innocent of any wrongdoing, then Chauvin will have precedent that will force the appellate court judge to overturn his prosecution. After all, equality before the law is a pillar in any civil society. In my opinion, Chauvin's judge probably knew about Timpa's case, but because of the chaos unleashed on the streets after Floyd's death, it's reasonable to assume that everyone involved thought that a guilty verdict would quell tensions and that it would be best to wait for an appeal before setting Chauvin free. That's not how justice is supposed to work, but here we are. George Floyd was not a hero. Heroes risk their lives to protect others. Floyd wasn't a martyr. Martyrs die for their deeply held beliefs. Floyd was not a saint. He was a drug addict and a criminal. And while some say that Floyd didn't deserve to die on May 25th, 2020, I'd argue that we don't die when we deserve to, but when circumstances dictate it. If life worked that way and we only died when we deserved it, then Floyd would have died the day he pointed a gun at a pregnant woman's womb while his friends conducted an invasion in her home. I can't imagine a more deserving punishment than that. To be clear, Beals wasn't the only New Yorker to deface Floyd's statue. In June, four men wearing bandanas spray-painted graffiti on it when it was displayed at Brooklyn's Flatbush Junction. Neither the John Lewis nor the Brianna Taylor statues were touched in either of the two instances. Why not? Well, maybe because the Floyd statue represents the perverse trend forced on us by the powerful elite of celebrating criminality and aberrant behavior everywhere. And the people are awakening to this. We see injustice, and we're fed up. Beals will have his day in court for criminal mischief because it's all he's guilty of, nothing more. His actions don't amount to a hate crime because no one was hurt. Besides, if there's anything we learned from 2020's murderous BLM and Antifa crime sprees, it's that vandalism is an acceptable mode of mostly peaceful protest. After all, they're just statues and they're insured, right? God bless America.
5: I give a little bit of me, I
0: love to you. I give a little bit of I give a little bit of my love to you. And so much that we
2: need. Okay, to uh, we're here with segment number five. And, um, before i get into it i'm just going to mention a couple other people that are huge helps to us it costing us uh we're doing the radio show and the podcast now and uh there's a little team of us tanner martis out of texas uh santos vigil out of a sutter county and me yuba county and uh we got a few other people that are also helping and so it just takes a little bit of money to make this thing go. So I won't, I'm not, I'm not doing fundraising here. I'm just telling you, uh, that's why we're, uh, some people have come along and think, oh, well, how come you're doing this? It just, isn't it all free? It isn't all free. There's some costs involved. And then we pay for the, be on the radio station and we have pay to be on the internet, stuff like that. So no big deal, no big deal, no sweat, no pressure. And, uh, if, if you think it'd be valuable for me to, to, uh, pitch your, uh, business here, I know it's working and uh, for people but uh you call me and we'll work it out and if you if you want my help and uh and I could use some of your help otherwise no sweat just enjoy the show but I want to mention elite universal security Monty Hecker has been a longtime friend uh, since we worked on a couple of political campaigns together and he wanted to support the show so elite universal security if you need a job or uh, you want him to do a job for you or you want to do a job for him he's looking for good workers all over northern california so if you're not in yuba sutter county don't worry just call him 530-749-0280 530-749-0280 maybe you only have 20 hours a week he'll take it you don't want to be full-time maybe you're retired you know if you if you got some energy and you want to make a few bucks and you're bored to death uh he's got some work for you And you know maybe you know prices are going up around here. Maybe you need to make you know a thousand bucks a month or something. So uh, work a few days. So they'll they'll put you to work. They'll train you. You don't have to know the the uh, the industry. They just need reliable, hardworking people. A lot of the retirees are some of the best people in our society. They they know how to work. They know how to be responsible. They're not on drugs. They're not they're not loaded on alcohol. So uh, check it out. If you need him to solve your security problems, if some of your stuff you worked hard to to accumulate and, and to to be able to buy and it's disappearing, uh, he will help you. Maybe it's you're losing stuff out of your business, but he can help you. Elite Universal Security Money Hacker. He's located there in Yuba County, but they're all over the place now. Uh, if you want to check out their classes, apiacademy.com. API-academy.com. That's our schooling side. Also, Dave Green is construction. I talked to him the other day. He said, Lou, we are so busy. uh, But I'm going to go ahead and mention him. He said, primarily right now, Lou, we're just doing kitchens, 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 kitchens. We're knocking the kitchens out. That seems to be the sweet spot. So if you want to, like, redo your kitchen, he's the man. 530-682-9602. But you could just go on his website and check the kitchens out before and after. GreenitzConstruction.com. Or you could go to Facebook at, at Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. That's his face. Dave Greenitz Construction. And there you could check out the same things. Shoot him an email. Shoot him a text. Uh, you can text him at five three zero six eight two nine six zero two, Or you can dial him up. Talk to him. Okay. A uh, couple others, and then we'll move on. Uh, plumbing doctor. Uh, they, they're just basic plumbers. Just all this, all you all you would expect a plumber to do. Stop what's ailing you in your house. I just had a running toilet, and I was able to fix it myself. It was a miracle of God that I actually pulled it off, but I fixed it. But if you can't do it, you can't fix it yourself, call them. 530-671-9111. They'll fix you. They fix a lot of things around here. Kept this old house trucking. And, uh, let's see one more, my friend, my longtime good friend, Nellie Garcia, who always, everybody I send to her, they love Nellie. She does a great job. She's kind. She's honest. She's fair. She'll, she'll work her rear end off for, for you. Works night and day, just like me. We got the same DNA, I think. And, um, She's over in Sutter Street in Yuba City, right between Amerigas on Sutter Street and Golden Valley Auto Body, 751 Sutter. And you can reach her at 530-751-9289, 751-9289. She will do you right. A lot of things that you go to an attorney for, you don't have to. You could have a paralegal do it. And if they're sharp, they just knock it out. Cheaper, faster, and a more personal service, not all this bureaucracy, waiting around, waiting around, in a waiting room, waiting around. Crazy. Oh, he got stuck in court. None of that n- nonsense. Okay? So let's get down to—I want to talk about a few few other things. There, uh, I always, like, prepare too much. We had to go around with Anton LaVey a few years ago at Church of Glad Tidings, and uh, he was up there. He had a place up in Grass Valley. He started the Church of Satan, you know. And he had some kids that were involved in Satan as well, Satanism. And he said that this is a quote from him. I love this quote. He said, I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. That's, uh, that's the, uh, uh, one of the all-star Satanists. He's, he's dead now. Uh, I had to go around with him as he, he, uh, communicated through his daughter. And I was in the backseat of a police car with her. And, uh, he spoke right through his daughter. Said, leave, leave. One, You know, we're talking about talking to a female, right? And this big male voice came through and said, "Leave my app and daughter alone." And uh, but, and it wasn't too long after that he died, and uh, he came to pass as we all will. But he said, "I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year." I'm amazed. Uh, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. But I am amazed at how stupid so many Christians are. I'm just going to call it like it is. And they just overlook what the Bible says, and they just let their kids enjoy uh, the, the high holiday of Satanism and, uh, and evil. And. But I'm just going to move on and just leave that. So I wonder, you know, we got, you know, in the cancel culture, I I was pushing uh, Mr. T's or I don't even know what's called Brother T's or T's. In fact, I told Tanner, Tanner said, hey, I want some of that cake mix from Terrence Williams. So I'm going to order some cake mix for for Santos Vigil and uh, and Tanner down in Texas. And I'm going to have it sent directly from Terrence Williams because he claims that it it's gourmet pancake mix and he's putting his black face on the front of that box and nobody's going to take it off. Now they took Aunt Jemima's face off because he said it was racist. Now let, let, let me, you know, it's interesting. If you never do know the facts about this, you just get buffaloed by these folks, right? You just get boondoggled, sucked. You get conned. So anyways, Aunt Jemima, if you could roll over in your grave, she's rolling, she's rolling. So, Anyway, we just get so suckered by crazy people because we don't know what we're talking about or we don't know what we're about. She says, uh, the branding uh, of the syrup, of the syrup called Anchemimus, you know, the waffle syrup and pancake syrup. The branding of the syrup was a tribute to this woman's gifts and talents. Now future generations will not even know this beautiful woman existed. What a shame. The world knew her as Aunt Jemima, but that was, you know how actors take a stage name? They give up their name and pick, they're encouraged to take a stage name sometimes. Well, this is her stage name or her, her moniker, right? Aunt Jemima. But her, her given name was Nancy Green, and she was a true American success story. Just like Winsome Sears. Aunt Jemima, or Nancy Green, was born a slave in 1834 in Montgomery County, Kentucky, and became a wealthy superstar in the advertising world as its first living trademark. This is the first living, not first black trademark, the first living trademark in America. Isn't that sad that we just destroyed this? It just makes me sad. Uh, So... Green was fifty six years of age here's a story when she was selected for the spokesperson for a newly readied mix a, back in the old days, you just had flour and a woman or a man had to learn how to mix certain things together to come out with a really good pancake mix. Man, my grandma used to make pan pancakes are so unbelievable. I can still see them there on the plate so Green was fifty six years old and she was selected to come to put to pitch this self ready mix. It was all pre-mixed. The first pre-mixed pancake mix, self-rising flour made, and it made a debut in 1893 at the fair and exposition in Chicago. She demonstrated the pancake mix and served thousands of pancakes at that exposition and became an immediate star. In other words, it wasn't all about the cakes. They loved her. She was a great storyteller. She was a great personality, warm and appealing, and she was a showwoman or a showman. Her exhibition booth drew so many people that special security forces had to be arranged to keep the crowd moving and under control. Nancy Green was signed to a lifelong contract, traveled on promotional tours throughout the country, and was extremely well paid. Her financial freedom and her stature as a national spokesperson enabled her to become a leading advocate against poverty and in favor of equal rights for every American. She maintained her job until her death. She worked until she died. Isn't that awesome? She died in 1923. She was 89 years of age. This was a remarkable woman and sadly she has now been erased by liberal politicians. Isn't that amazing? So now we have Terrence Williams, who I play his clip sometimes on the radio here. We we played or on a podcast, we played his uh, advertisement for his uh, pancake mix, and I, I it reminded me I gotta order that pancake pancake mix for our guys. I made mean, even, even our boss Ernie. Uh, Ernie Friesen, who is putting KMYC back together after it was burned down by an arsonist. Uh, I might even get Ernie some pancake mix. I'm going to have to ask him if I see him. If there's an Ernie sighting on the radio this weekend, I'm going to ask him if he and his wife like pancakes. Ernie, Ernie is 81 and he's still running around like he's 22. So I want to just say this, this is a little story here that was sent to me by a German immigrant who I become friends with. Uh, named Eckhart Case, Case Camp. He grows grapevines uh, for the vineyards. He has a grapevine nursery and is a very strong, uh, his whole family is strong Christian people, good people, honest people, hire a lot of people. He said that he, he found this and he sent it to him. He said, three contractors, three contractors are bidding to fix a broken fence at the White House. One is from Chicago, one is from Kentucky, and the third is from New Orleans. All three go to the White House uh, to meet an official to examine the fence. The Nor- New Orleans contractor takes out a tape measure and does some measuring, then works some figures with a pencil. Well, he said, I figure the job will run about $9,000. That's 4000 for materials, 4000 for my crew, and 1000 profit for me. The Kentucky contractor... Then came along, and he measured, did some figuring, and he said, "I can do the job, I think, for seven thousand, and uh, that's three thousand for materials, three thousand for the crew, and one thousand for me, A couple thousand cheaper, right So then the Chicago guy comes along he he doesn't even bother measuring or figuring, but he leans over to the White House official and he whispers, "Hey, how about twenty seven thousand and the official was shocked. He said, you didn't even measure like the other guys. How did you come up with such a high figure? The Chicago contractor whispers back, well, he said, 10000 for me and 10000 for you, and we'll hire the guy from Kentucky to fix the fence. Done, replies the government official. and And that, my friends, is how we have a $3.5 trillion build back better legislation before us. And then it says, remember, there are three boxes that are going to keep us free. And some of you never been on any of those boxes. I've been on all three. <laughs> One box is called the soap box. That's what I'm on right now. One box is called the ballot box. I vote as early, as often as I can. And the other box is the jury box, and I used to serve there quite a bit, and now I don't do that anymore. But I've been in all three boxes, and if you want to remain free, you better get your skin in the game in all three of those boxes. But it's interesting, in government there's so much corruption. Last week we talked about that out of $177 billion unemployment dollars given out during covid $20 billion went to people that had no business getting a check. I didn't get an unemployment check, and I didn't deserve one. I didn't feel bad about it at all. In fact, I've never received an employment, unemployment check in all my years. In fact, my father never got an unemployment check. My mother didn't. I don't think my sister did, and my, maybe my brother did, but... But none of us ever was on any government handout, welfare, food stamps, nothing. And we we're all blue-collar, blue-collar workers. It's possible, folks. So, uh, But that's how the government is getting ripped off. $20 billion. Many of those dollars went to prisoners in the state prison system that figured out how to hustle the Employment Development Department. And they just—they just—, they just Cleaned our, you know, there's a term called cleaning your clock, getting your clock cleaned. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Let me just, I got some good things to talk about, but I'm just going to cherry pick. I'm going to, oh, by the way, do you think it's possible that our school boards here have any backbone at all and would disassociate and resign from the National School Board Association? When I was on the school board, there were certain associations that we joined because together we could do more than than as an individual school board. We could do legislation. We could lobby. We could persuade. Da 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 da. There's certain benefits, right? You that you join a national organization, but the National School Boards Association lied and manipulated and got political and really um, weighed in 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 calling. Um, And and we're corrupt in calling parents who are steamed about the corruption, in the public education system, domestic terrorists, right? That's what's happening. And Merrick Garland, who is a corrupt little weasel. If, if he and Anthony Fauci couldn't be, they got the same DNA. One is a medical Frankenstein and the other is a legal Frankenstein. And for God's sake, and I mean to have God in there. For his sake, we were spared having Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court of the United States. Oh, what a total weasel. Did you see him interviewed by the Senate and, and all kinds of people? Steamed at him writing a memo to turn the FBI loose on parents that were complaining about the public education system? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I'm wondering whether we can't get Wheatland School Board, East Nicholas School Board, Sutter School Board, Yuba City School Board, Marysville School Board to withdraw if they're a part of the National School Board Association to withdraw in protest from those liars and corrupt cheats. Because all over the United States, school boards are, are with, dumping the National School Board for calling parents terrorists domestic terrorists so new hampshire the new hampshire school boards association chapter is a latest state level organization to withdraw from the national school board association uh for their chicanery and also it wasn't just a school board association they started it but they they did it with the white house and merrick garland refuses to withdraw his memo that uh that gave marching orders to the various uh, attorneys general. I, w- I always want to say, uh, well, it's not actually the attorneys general, but it's the uh, uh, Department of Justice officials that are that are cited throughout the United States of America, and and the guy, the the uh, the lawyer, the head lawyer for the Department of Justice in Montana, listed seventeen different things that they would call the FBI on, t- on uh, citizens over. Totally ridiculous things, like posting something on Facebook could get you called—the the FBI could get called on you. That's what this attorney said. And so Merrick Garland hadn't even seen this document, but, but the uh, legislatures have, the legislators have, and— uh, Merrick Gar, what a weasel and liar. This guy is such a liar. You know, I get so tired of lawyers being liars. People that are supposed to have, they take an oath and swear, and it's just total corrupt weasels. Sickening. They're just sickening people. So uh, anyway, we'll be right back, and we're going to do one more segment for, t- for this week. Okay, give me a couple minutes. <laughs>
0: This week is Taxi Cab Appreciation Week, so to all you taxi cab drivers out there, I'd appreciate it if you'd take a shower once in a while. How would that you. PLO leader Yasser Arafat announced this week that his wife is pregnant. The happy couple said they really don't care if the child is a boy or a girl, just as long as it hates Jews. Angry over the Atlanta Braves and Cleveland Indians' use of Indian caricatures as logos, Native Americans showed up at the World Series tonight. They chanted for hours to protest Indian stereotypes, though it didn't help their cause any when it uh, started to rain. In Nashua, New Hampshire this week, a high school student, Chris Connolly, while attempting to dunk a basketball, lost his balance, crashed down on the rim, and shattered two front teeth. Gee, I wonder if by some crazy chance Chris is, uh, white. In overseas news, an attempt to lift the ban on gays serving in the British Armed Forces has been defeated in Parliament. This raises a difficult legal question. How do you exactly tell if a British guy is gay?
5: <laughs> Last night was rough, guys, okay? <laughs> it's really, really rough. So we need a strategy. I mean that's that's why you guys are here. We need a plan. Does anybody have any ideas? Anybody? What Karen, what is it? what is it? Um, uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe we just pull back on our agenda a little bit, just just pull it back uh, and we could, uh, I don't know, maybe go back to being energy independent. I know some people are are upset about uh, gas prices that would help with gas gas prices. Uh we could also, you know, not push to teach racism in schools. Uh, that that's upsetting some parents. Um and, and and we could allow people to make their own health care decisions, you know, they could make their own decisions on their health. Uh um and uh, maybe secure the border. Uh, uh it's kind of becoming a, a big issue. Uh and maybe uh, we could uh, apologize for the way we pulled out of Afghanistan, the way we did. It's just a just an idea, just just some thoughts. I, I mean,
0: just
5: throwing it out there. You know what, Karen? You just may be the dumbest Democrat I know. <sighs> okay, here's my idea, guys. We push harder. We 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 push harder, okay? Uh, we go all in, all, all chips on the board. We just we just we just go for it, no backing up. We go all in. What what is it, Karen? Uh, I I I I do not think that's a good idea. Uh, is, is anybody else think that's a good idea? I, I I just don't I don't think we should do that. Karen, you can leave. I mean. Honestly, I I don't even know why you come to these strategy sessions. Just leave, honestly leave.
2: This is our uh, final segment final twenty minute segment, <clears throat> and I want to begin by telling you that something's something how should I say this <clears throat> for the last hundred years there's been a focused strategic concerted effort to change our entire nation by changing what we're what we teach our children so we've gone from teaching kids from the bible which in which that you could actually teach every subject out of the bible including one of the main subjects is being a a spiritual moral person right and then how to treat other people about politics business getting along with each other marriage family reading so from there and then teaching about the founding of the country, the pilgrims, all those people, the spiritual foundation of the country, that has all been gutted, systematically gutted to where uh, even in the last 40, 50 years, we've gutted teaching the constitution. We've changed. um, We now teach blatant lies about the founding fathers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're teaching where we never taught Even though there was moral teaching in school, character, I'd say character teaching, there wasn't sexual teaching. There wasn't teaching about sexuality, Uh, and there was some teaching in science, uh, biology. uh, You would learn about the human body in biology, some in high school, but it uh, wasn't—they didn't do broad hygiene teaching until college. That's changed— and so now we have transsexual story hour. We have people showing you how to install a condom on a uh, a dildo, essentially a dildo. Uh, it just it's bizarre uh, that I, I, that word doesn't even do it justice. But in Florida, I, I mean, I what school board members aren't doing is tragic and what school board members are doing is also tragic. So a Florida school board has been every year doing an. You know how uh, schools do field trips. I remember Doug Eshman used to uh, accompany kids at Mary Kovalad school. He'd take the older kids to the ocean because a lot of the kids were poor kids and they'd never been to the ocean. They just never had an opportunity to go. So they would go and, and really study all different things at the ocean side. And uh, I don't know where they spent the night or not, but it was a really wonderful trip. And uh, so this school board, they take elementary kids to a gay bar. Now, when I first read this, I thought, why? What's Like, when when I was a youngster, really small my parents took me to the bar because in california there was no law against if if your parents could drink in the bar they could bring their children and they had pinball machines and they'd give me a coke i'd play pinball they'd sit at the bar have some drinks with their friends have a good time we'd drive home and uh but then they said well you can't bring your kids to the bar anymore so now we have florida school the, one of the annual ret- uh trips, field trips, is not just to go to any bar, but to go to a gay bar. And uh, they show a picture of the gay bar here. And the only point I could see here, uh, like this one representative in 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 Colorado tweeted, leave out everything else. Why in God's name are they bringing elementary school kids to establishments that aren't supposed to admit anyone under 21? He said, just go and homeschool your kids. So this uh, school board member, Broward County, Sarah Leonardi, wrote in Facebook, the students and I had a fun walk over and learned a lot about our community. A huge thank you to Rosie's Bar and Grill for hosting this special field trip every single year. Well, God bless you, Rosie. (laughs) You're special. Uh, So, uh, Libs on TikTok tweeted, a school in Broward County District took elementary age kids to a gay bar on a field trip today. One Twitter said, the kind of bar is not even the point. It's a bar in all capital. Everybody was tweeting about it, right? Okay. Uh, So, anyway, um, Todd Starnes, who is a Christian broadcaster, used to work for Fox Radio at one time. He said, teachers took grade schoolers on a field trip to a gay bar. Imagine the outrage, outrage if they had taken the kids on a field trip to a church. So Rosie, Rosie's Bar and Grill says that Rosie's Bar and Grill has been a tropical oasis in the middle of the island city, Wilton Manors, since 2006, offering amazing food and refreshing drink and sassy fun. Whether you come for lunch or dinner for Sunday fun day, brunch, or for just a few drinks. Whether you are LBGTQ+, or an ally, whether you are local or visiting, whether you come with a group or venture out solo, you will have a memorable experience with the most talented crew in South Florida. See you soon! While we always serve the freshest burgers, chicken and fish, we also have fabulous cocktails, a menu that is a blast to read, and a staff that welcomes you like family, the good kind that you would choose to have. So, the bar menu—we don't know whether the part of the assignment was to read the menu and get in some English experience, right? Has a number of food items with kind of raunchy and explicit names. So, we're not again—we're not sure whether they, the kids got to look at the menu, but. They have what they call a big girl burger. And Ivana Hooker is another one. Ivana Hooker. And then Rhoda Cowboy, like Rhoda, R H O D A or Ivana, I V A N, Ivana Ivana Hooker. And Rhoda Cowboy is another one. And uh Georgia Blue is another name for a burger and uh Helena Helena Bun and Young Ranch Hand is another one. These are all burgers. I wonder if you, maybe we could talk to Red Robin or Chili's about changing some of the name of their burgers to Rhoda Cowboy or Ivana Hooker or Willie Cheesecake. How about that? Or Cheese Steak, not Cheesecake. So those are some of the, now this, this is like a highlight for this, uh, obviously, this school board member, she just thinks it's cool. Now, I don't know whether this gal is, as they say, gay, gay, uh, or or what, but anyway, she seems to just embrace one of those. It may be the high point for him, her being on the school board at Wilton Manners Elementary School in Broward County. Sarah Leonardi, um, she's just really putting that place. On uh, but then here's a here's a fun uh piece of uh, tongue and cheek news that uh, was sent to me by if I can keep my I'm having a hard time with my cursor here. So Babylon B, one of my friends, and I, I'm a subscriber to Babylon B. They do tongue and cheek news. This is about Colin Kaepernick. You remember him? Embarrassment for the Forty ers And he's in New York, New York said highly successful NFL quarterback and social justice hero Colin Kaepernick has announced the creation of a new underground railroad to help NFL millionaires escape the oppressive slavery, slavery of playing football for the NFL. The NFL, he says, is just like slavery. According to Kaepernick, he was saying to a group of NFL recruiters who had just rejected his latest bid to play for the NFL again. Quote, yes, I know that young men everywhere dream of being in the NFL, work their whole lives to achieve the goal, and get paid millions once they achieve it. But there's a lot of running and jumping and throwing, which is really hard, he said. And that's the exact same thing as what the slaves had to do. Um, Kaepernick, oh, shoot, dude, I think I lost my uh, cursor jumped here. Here we go. Kaepernick, uh, he says that the NFL is just like slavery. Uh, Kaepernick is already sneaking into NFL practices across the country and beckoning NFL players to leave the game forever and taste freedom for the first time as a factory worker or an accountant or professional social justice grifter. Come follow me, cried out to Tom Brady and his team at the Tampa Bay practice. I know you, you'll you think you're happy I know you think you're happy and wealthy and doing something you love, but that's really false consciousness. You're actually slaves. So on and on and on. Um, okay, let me let me go here and find add another thing. I wanted to read you uh, some pieces out of a story called "The Real Losers." Oh, bro, I'm having trouble with my computer all of a sudden. All right. I I just needed one of the guys that I was sad. He he made it into Congress and he served two years and then was defeated on his second term, Colonel West, and uh, such a great guy. And he wrote a, a column called "The Real The Real Sellout." I called it the real losers, but he called it the real sellouts. He said, "If you're a strong American black conservative, you will find that you are public enemy number one for the white progressive socialist leftists." They will unleash hordes of black leftists upon you. Uh, They'll refer to conservative blacks in most condescending and offensive terms like, uh, well, he said, let's let's not forget the white Democratic Party's county chairman here in Texas who referred to Republican Tim Scott uh, as an Oreo. And of course, the black Democrats here in Texas excuse this aberrant behavior. Abhorrent behavior. It's not just a denigrating reference of Oreo. There are other despicable monikers of uh, called the House Nigger or Uncle Tom or White Man's Porch Monkey and, of course, Sellout. But I would like to ask in this, in this little write-up, who are the real sellouts? That's what he's really questioning here. And uh, he said the black leftists who are allowed themselves to be used by white propagandists or progressives are the real sellouts. Now, Malcolm X, who I played a clip from last week, says exactly the same thing. And of course, Malcolm X was uh, a Muslim, but he 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 said that the uh, the liberals in the country are the ones that are holding uh, blacks in enslaving blacks. He says uh, the national. uh West says the National Association for—I hate this name anyway, the NAACP. They don't ever change their name. They keep calling themselves colored, but they don't like the term colored. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People um, have been targeting Texas, he said. So they sent letters to the major professional sports organizations asking them, listen to this, the major professional sports organizations to not— allow black athletes to sign with Texas professional sports teams. Why did these sellouts make this assertion? Well, it's all because in Texas, we are protecting the integrity of our electoral electoral voting system and the lives of the unborn. And uh, he said, I feel it's hypocritical for these sellouts rallying against Texas and not being with us. So he says, as a matter of fact, NAACP, along with the National Urban League and nothing uh, said nothing when Major League Baseball decided to remove the All-Star Game from the city of Atlanta. Yes, it was a place of my birth. Atlanta is a minority-majority city. In other words, uh, it includes black many black-owned small businesses. As well, this year's All-Star Game was supposed to be a celebration of baseball's home-run king, Hank Aaron. You know, Hank uh, died right after he got the injection, right? Hank was I think eighty in his eighties, and they were going to honor Hank, and as a black man, right? And and they they ran the the whole thing out of town and screwed the whole thing up. Where was the letter from the NAACP then? Yep, they sold the black community out as the Mar- major league baseball moved the All Star Game to Denver, Colorado, just as, as lily white as you can get. He said the sellouts have aligned themselves with the Democratic Party whose history is rooted in white supremacy, racism and economic enslavement and black and of the black community. The black, these black leftist sellouts have aligned themselves with a political party that never supported the 13th, the 14th or the 15th amendments to the United States Constitution, which all had to do with slavery. And when it comes to voting for blacks, it was the Democrat Party that created poll taxes and literacy tests, along with creating the Ku Klux Klan, whose purpose was black voter suppression and intimidation. So why sell out blacks to the left? When it comes to the genocide of black community in America, the, the murder of unborn black babies, the numbers are staggering. Close to 25 million have died. Yet the NAACP sellouts are upset with the Texas heartbeat law. Perhaps those sellouts should be reminded that Planned Parenthood, where 70 to 73 percent of their clinics are located in black minority communities, was founded by a white supremacist and racist called Margaret Sanger. Sanger referred to blacks as undesirables and human weeds. But the NAACP is upset about the Texas heartbeat law. Hey, chuckleheads at the NAACP, he says, the second largest facility for murdering unborn babies in the womb is located in Texas, Houston, on the south side of a black community. Planned Parenthood proudly displayed that fact. So why sell out blacks to the left? The answer is simple, and I present it in my book, We Can Overcome, an American Black Conservative Manifesto. The reason why the NAACP is selling the black community is because the NAACP was founded by white progressive socialist leftists. Yep, here's their names. William English Walling, Ray Standard Baker, Mary White Ovington, Henry Moskowitz, Oswald Garrison Villard, Charles Edward Russell, Florence Kelly, and Lillian Wald were all white lefties who birthed the NAACP. That's exactly what Malcolm X was saying last week, is white? if whites want to help blacks, fine, but stay out of leading the organizations. They birthed the organization as a response to the success of the father of black conservatism. You know, the blacks, liberals, constantly make fun of Booker T. Washington. You've got to read a book about Booker T. Washington. He was an amazing person. And instead, they, they go with a guy named W.E.B. Du Bois Dubois, as a black face of the organization. Du Bois was part of the black talented tent, the so-called intellectual elites. And he was a leftist himself. Du Bois, in the end, renounced his American citizenship and be, became a communist. And, it's, and so the NAACP as, aligns himself with the communists. And you wonder what's going on here. And it's all been started by white people. Great, The Great Society, which happened when I was just starting college, by Lyndon Baines Johnson, who took over for assassinated John Kennedy. But when they started the Great Society, which is going to eliminate poverty, 77 percent. Of black families were intact in the nineteen sixties today twenty four per cent what happened? slavery didn't happen slavery's been open for all over for all these years. What happened? It's been a concerted effort to undermine the black family and giving a little bit of money to them, destroyed them where many many fathers were in the home they were they may have been Low-income families, poor families, but they were families that were together and raised their children who did better than their parents. Same way I did better than my parents in terms of economics. So he says, the he says today on the economic plant plantation of the left, these sellout black organizations are the overseers whose task it is to keep blacks there where the new crops to be harvested are votes and victimhood. Slaven mentality is the product. Why do bright progressive socialists and these true sellouts despise black conservatives? Simple. We are victors who have escaped the leftist economic plantation of equality of outcomes, despair, poor education, and and economic opportunity. The NAACP and the BLM would rather be accepted by these white leftists and enable the destruction of their own so that they can have multiple millionaire multi multiple million dollar houses that'll be it for this week god willing we will be back next week be sure to take part in one of the boycotts or walkaways or stay away from work this week if you're involved with the mandate stuff okay
0: we're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight would especially like to welcome all the representatives of illinois law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the palace hotel ballroom at this time we certainly hope you all enjoy the show and remember people that no matter